Well, show's over. Good job. Let's go home, everybody. Good game. <laughs> Best podcast. Uh, hey, poor failed. players. <laughs> game of wasted. We'll get them next time. Hey, poor players, and welcome to the Hey Poor Podcast. I'm your host, I Coleman. With me this week is the like the whole crew, like the whole cast yeah. of the Hey Poor Podcast is actually here at once. We have Jay Petroquin. That's the one that I am sometimes. Who has a very upsetting Skype picture. Damn fucking uh, right, back in style. Uh, Nathaniel Terencio. Naked Chicken Chalupa. Thanks. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that took me a second. I've, I, never mind. You know what? Uh, we'll have and, that conversation in a minute. <laughs> and uh, Anthony Spivey, yeah, whose like Skype picture going to die like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> whose Skype picture game is weak this week? I feel. oh, I disagree. I think it's I, oh, I think it's stronger if you've seen Madoka. <laughs> if you haven't seen Madoka Magic, of that picture of her saying you're gonna act like a bitch, you're gonna die like a bitch, <laughs> makes a lot less sense. It's hilarious if you've seen that show. So three out of four of us have seen the show pretty much, right? Yay. Yeah, yeah if we're I, already in the weave discussion, and it's less than if, two minutes this time. Oh yep, boy. minute 30, and that's including, like, the sinking. So, great. Oh, man. See, I can't... If I ever, like, watch anime and get into it, this show will fall apart. Because <laughs> the appeal yeah. is you guys upsetting me. Yeah, we, we need you this, to be the straight man, yeah. That's, like, the dynamic. This is the, uh, this is the Hey Poor podcast. It is the only show on the internet about video games. Mm-hmm. Although... Uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand, and uh, we might not be talking a lot of video games this week. There's some, like, movies and TV and things that caught our attention. This is sort of a general nerd culture podcast, so all mm-hmm. that is well within our wheelhouse. Uh, but basically what we're going to do is, in the first half of the show, we're going to talk about the games we played this week, slash movies and TV that we... Like, we're we talk about what we've been up to this past week. What have we consumed? Culture. Exactly. Uh, and then we're going to have a break point. Uh, for audience questions, where it's going to be interesting this week. That's all I'm going to say, vis-a-vis <laughs> the questions we have received. Um, and then afterwards, we're going to talk about the news from this week, which includes E3 opening its doors to the public and Steam Direct, which I have a lot to say about, oh, which should boy. surprise no one who's been listening to this show. Uh, so, Jay, what have you been playing this week? Uh, all right, so I have not been playing a ton of stuff, but I did think of a couple things that I uh, haven't talked about yet. I know a couple weeks ago when I wasn't on, you guys mentioned that uh, that Overwatch event going on with the Year of the Rooster uh, event. I did want to briefly talk about that at some point because the new mode they added is kind of neat. Um, so basically they added a capture the flag mode to the game, and how they did this was... They took, uh, there, there's a few stages in that game that are sort of segmented into different parts that will be used for like different control points that you'll battle in at different parts of a match. So for this, they sort of repurpose those existing maps for a capture the flag mode and they sort of choose where, they, they sort of change the layout of things in terms of what you're going to use and prioritize. And it's pretty neat. Um, in the beginning, the mode had a real issue of matches where just no one was able to get the other team's flag at all. Um, <laughs> but it, it at first, people thought that was just due to it being a badly structured mode, but I think at the end of the day, it actually came down to um, kind of a similar evolution to people getting used to playing the game back when it came out last summer in terms of like certain characters being seen, seen as OP because the ways to circumvent them were kind of atypical to what you might expect. The same is kind of true with how to do really well at capture the flag mode. So in that way, I, th- I think they're actually like 
they they were very clever in the way they designed that. I, I think it's turned some people off. I think it's also really brought some people in more. Uh, it's also great since um, Symmetra got her buff in the game last month, a while ago. She was essentially the one character who was completely out of balance with the rest of that game and then got some really good uh, updates to the way she works as a turret-placing character. Using her in Capture the Flag mode means no one will ever get near your flag because they will be just laser toast before they step through the fucking door. Um, so that's been really neat. Other than that... Other than that, hasn't been much, honestly. I, I've been the one... Of the to be honest, I, yeah. I think they just brought in Capture the Flag because they realized there was one Team Fortress 2 game mode they hadn't taken, and they were like, shit! Well, I mean, a million other... You, you can, yeah, sure, like million, like a fucking dozen other first-person shooters with online stuff have done modes like that, but, um... Fair. Uh, but, like, I don't <laughs> know. I, I thought it was a neat time regardless. Other than that, I, I it's been more Pokemon as usual. Like, I, I've been... I don't think I talked about this. The Pokemon Bank got an update to work with Sun and Moon. So basically what that means is before now, you could only use the Pokemon in Sun and Moon that were in that game. The 300 or so that were in the Alola region that that game takes place in. Uh, With Mm -hmm. the Pokemon Bank update, now you can transfer everything, all of the now 800 and something total Pokemon. You can transfer whatever you had from uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, from X and Y, and even from the virtual console versions of Red, Blue, and Yellow that are on the 3DS now. You can actually transfer those up. And they actually do some cool things with the way those work in terms of, like, what stats didn't exist back in the Red and Blue days that they then apply. So that's really neat, actually. Um, So, for example... um, Hidden abilities were something that was introduced in black and white, where basically they took a bunch of older Pokemon and gave them new possible passive abilities they could use in battle that you could get through weird means. Um, Anything you transfer from red and blue that has a hidden ability will always have that hidden ability, which can be really useful for getting some of those. So it's neat little tricks like that. Um, The other part of this is now the, like, online metagame has opened up a lot more because... It was it was interesting back before the, uh, the the bank update happened because you were just working with the stuff that was in Sun and Moon, and there were a lot of like just uber tier strong Pokemon that were not in Sun and Moon, which meant like it was a little more of an interesting playing field. It's mm. so less more interesting now. Well, it, it is and it isn't. The one disappointing thing to me is that Mega Evolutions are just back, and we're back to the X and Y thing of unless you have a really good Mega Evolution, your whole team is kind of fucked. Um, which well now it's Mega. The only major differences that I've been saying is it's Megalution plus one of the Tapus equals... It's always one of the If you don't have those, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've been playing... Well, one thing I like is that they differentiate um, in online play. You can go into, you know, Legendaries are okay battle mode or Legendaries are not okay battle mode. Um, that, that being, like, you know, Legendary Pokemon, the big mascot ones in the boxes, those are usually OP enough that there will be people who prefer to use them and people who very explicitly prefer not to use them because they feel like it breaks the game a little. I'm in the latter category. Um, but yeah, the, the Mega Evolution thing has been a bit of a pain, especially since not all of the Mega Evolutions from X and Y and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are in the game. Uh, they kind of picked and chose, and I don't really understand the logic for why they picked the ones they picked. I know they're going to be distributing some more later. Yeah, but, uh, for official tournaments and things, like online, they're going to be giving those out as prizes, which is a little annoying for people who suck at the game might not be able to get them. They haven't really said my, if it's going to go to everyone, which it probably will, or... Yeah, yeah. The cornerstone, like the, of my X and, the cornerstone of my X and Y team was Mega Mawile and its ability to just wreck shop for days, and I can no longer get Mega Mawile. Um, I, and the reason it's disappointing, like, like not to go too far into the minutiae of this... But uh, Mega Evolutions in X and Y were introduced as this thing where, where 
once per game, one of your Pokemon could evolve to this higher form and just, like, gain... I think it was 100 total stats distributed across whatever. Uh, some would also get a type difference, like um, Mega Sceptile became part dragon type. There were a few like that. Some would get different abilities. And in theory, it was neat as, like, a, a berserker mechanic, but really, in practice, it was just oh, which is your one super OP Pokemon, and if it's not one of these particular four, you're fucked and you're not actually doing anything useful. Like, it was a lot more flashy than it was actually useful strategically. So I'd kind of hoped we would see that continue to die down, but we have not at all seen that. Um, maybe in time, who knows. That said, like, the, the one thing I was going to say, um, I have a couple friends who got into Pokemon again with Sun and Moon, and I sort of guided them into the competitive stuff. They're both better at it than me now. <laughs> I made my friends too powerful. <laughs> I made them too strong, and I can't beat them now. And so our whole struggle lately has been me trying to figure out ways to circumvent some of my friends' tactics that I helped them come up with. <laughs> I've made monsters. <laughs> I've made monsters, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> You've literally, like, Master Roshi Dragon Ball Z'd them. Like, that is essentially you, what you happened, won a tournament, yeah. and now, like, you're completely screwed because Goku is just too strong. Basically, yeah, that's that's You're the Dragon Ball Super of... Oh god. Yeah. 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 No, um I've been following uh this thing called the GBA League on YouTube, which is mm-hmm. a Pokemon Draft League. Oh yeah. Which okay. I think is the only way I can find this uh the game interesting now. Yeah. Like the overall well, heading, so people would draft like the most powerful Pokemon, but they're only allowed to use just a certain just a couple here and there so well another thing that makes it more interesting that i want to get back into once it's a little more concrete for sun and moon is um so there's a website called smogon that is like kind of seen as this authority on like here are some basic tiers of pokemon here's like you if, if you know to help people like if you want to build something in a lower tier like oh here's the underused tier where it's all weird not that good pokemon but if you and your opponent are both using all weird not that good pokemon it can make the game more interesting sometimes i kind of want to get into that more once the updated tiers for sun and moon have been put a little more set in stone because you get just more weird battles that way it, it gets a little more variant and i think that can be a lot of fun yeah, um, I did smug on um, back in high school when mm. I was when I played competitive black and white and okay yeah yeah the thing with smug on like and it was pretty decent back then like but the thing with smug on now that I kind of hate is that like I don't know what it is with the people who run the site or the people who run the tiers but like ever since I believe X and Y they've gone to like they've gone through the route of like let's just ban everything instead of like yeah. finding out what we can just like make how to make the tiers balance and like if something's just yeah. too strong instead of being like why is this thing strong they'll just straight up ban it and that's why you saw stuff like and then like it got to a point where at least in x and y that like all the tiers were pretty much not fun because oh you had like mm-hmm. literally nothing because they just put everything in like the like the band tier and then like and, yeah. like if you wanted to have fun you just play like underused and mm-hmm. below yeah, and, and th- yeah. I hope they fix that. But like, like I, I honestly have more fun with VGC than Smogon like singles That's fair. now because That's fair. VGC is more interesting and it has like this variety just from naturally being like the way it's formatted, like two v twos. Whereas Smogon right. is still struggling. I just hope they fix yeah. it. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and Smogon's far from perfect. Like, there's a lot of elitism going on there, and has been since their inception, and like a lot of other problems. I think they're useful though for stuff like that. We in those like underused tier, like lower tier. How do I? How do I make a Quagsire interesting? How do I make yeah, some yeah, Flora cool? cool? Definitely. Yeah. Which is I've interesting because Quagsire's only gone up in usage. Since. Yeah, no, that might have been a bad example. <laughs> I just find that funny. No, uh, I used to follow Smog, and I think it's really started like getting really bad up in the black and white days, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Because that's when they started like starting the ban whole list, and mm. nowadays it's 
average to where it's like, oh, everything's getting banned. Oh, should Mew be banned because it can <laughs> learn anything? Uh, and it's just gotten really bad recently, so I stopped following smog and tier lists yeah, that's around stuff's... X and Y. And I think it's really good for when you can study it. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's and, what I do mostly. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't ever like go specifically by. All right, well, what's Smogon to say? I do for this Pokemon. Time to copy and paste that. It's good for reference, though. Like it's it's a good way to help conceptualize strategies in de- in general terms and like general ideas of how some kinds of team composition should work. The next thing I'm working on is a, is a sandstorm based team that I'm not using Smogon for at all because I know exactly what I'm doing and I don't care what they say there about those. That's what I did with my hail team, and turns out a lot of it was the smog and tear set, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yeah. oh. But uh, but that's pretty much yeah. That's about what I've been playing. Um, that's I have, I have a short and not that interesting list of stuff this week. All right, uh, Nathan, what have you been playing this week? Um, so I'll I'll just get it out of the way. Like the thing I've been playing most of the week. I didn't do anything most of the week, like the early part of the week, but like when it came out, I played a lot of the For Honor beta, the open beta. Oh, yeah. And I've been really enjoying that. It's it's kind of a shock because I kind of dismissed For Honor like a year ago as Call of Duty with swords. Which I think a it, lot of people did at first, yeah. Yeah, and okay, here's the thing. Like, if it was Call of Duty with swords, like, it could have been like a fun distraction, but like, it's actually... Now, the more I think about it, it's more of, it's more like Rainbow Six Siege with swords, and that's awesome because <laughs> I love Rainbow Six Siege. And there's just it's something about the fact that it's a game that has melee combat that isn't like the second part of like a combat system. Like you know how like they introduce melee into shooters, and it's usually really bad because you can't they, they, you can't balance like the the weight and feel of like an intricate melee combat system w- while also shooting. Mm-hmm. Like I think Far Cry is the best example of a game that's like really bad with melee combat. And, like, this game, because it's completely melee combat, like, there's, like, really intricate but simple combos that just involve light and heavy attacks, and, like, there's, like, the whole block mechanic, which is, like, you can block in three directions, you can attack in three directions, and then you can mix it up. There's also, like, a parry system. And, like, essentially, it is a first-person shooter, but it has swords. It's not first-person, but it's, like, it's kind of, like, shooter modes, like, hey, capture this point, go fight some people. There's even, like, a MOBA element where you, like, clear, like, creeps in the middle of the map, and that gives you levels. It also gives you, like, a, it's also one of the points you can capture. And, like, like the game modes and the way the game is structured is very, um, it's very much a triple-A game, but, like, the, the combat makes everything feel so visceral and fun. Like, every class is pretty darn unique, and, like, from when I played in the beta, pretty balanced. They haven't, there's still three classes they need to release, but... Like, that, I don't know if those will break the game at all, but, like, so far what we have is pretty balanced. I would say some, mm-hmm. like, one class in particular needs to get, like, maybe tuned down and one class needs to get tuned up. But, yeah, it's been pretty good. I'm pleasantly surprised because, like, I, I wasn't impressed. It's just, like, I was just like, oh, Ubisoft is making a game where, like, like dudes with swords fight each other. Okay, I don't care. But after, like, playing the game and seeing how the game actually plays, which is, like, what games should be like when you see the gameplay it should be like oh wow i want to play that game and like i it, it was just like pleasantly surprising that it happened before honor because all the promotional material is like oh whatever it's pretty much deadliest warrior but it's a video game and not like the deadliest mm-hmm. warrior video game so uh yeah that's what i've been playing i've also been playing that's cool portal knights yeah i have a lot of nice things to say about for honor i'm gonna do a review on that but i'm not but like so far i've only been playing the beta i'm gonna get it when it comes out but yeah i'm Pleasantly surprised from what I played so far. I think it's a good time. It's gonna end today, the beta, but it's because the game's coming out like in, on Valentine's Day. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, 
I've also been playing Portal Knights, which is an early access game, which is not my cup, my thing. Like, I, as much as, like, some early access games are, like, really tantalizing and some, like, are from companies I do trust, like, I usually just stay away from early access games. But I played Portal Knights because it was on my recommended. And for once, Steam actually recommended me something that wasn't anime titties or disgusting or awful. So <laughs> pretty good. Um, but essentially what Portal Knights is, it's, like, it's essentially, like, Zelda mixed with Minecraft. And I hate those kind of games that, like with Minecraft or, like, like Minecraft because those games aren't typically good except for, like, Dragon Quest Builders because, like, the Minecraft part is always shafted and then the combat RPG part is always shafted. There's a, there's a game that's like that out right now. It's an RPG, but it has Minecraft elements. I forgot what it's called. It's free to play. Um, it's on Steam. I forgot what it's called, but, like, I played that game and I didn't like it just because, like, the combat was really bad. And the thing with Portal Knights is that it actually feels pretty fleshed out in terms of the construction part but also like the rpg part because there's three classes and then you pick those three classes and you can upgrade them Hmm. and it just feels like a more uh solid version of what these minecraft rpgs are trying to do but it's i don't know it's done with more finesse and it's done with charm i like the art style a lot it's really really cute like uh if you guys get the chance like check it out it's called portal nice but um yeah, like, I like the art style a lot. The, the combat's really Zelda-esque, 3D Zelda-esque, and I know, like, a lot of people don't like it, but it works within this universe because um, you can, like... Because the three classes make it super different. Like, the melee class feels a lot like Zelda, but, like, the magic actually feels really good as soon as you get more spells, and the ranger like class feels pretty good. I think it's a little broken because, like, you pretty much never get damaged as the ranger class at a certain point, but it's it's still fun. And then the building part is fun. Like, I like... I've never been, like, into Minecraft in the whole building aspect, but I do like it in this game because everything serves, like, a functional mechanical purpose in terms of the RPG elements, and that's what people, like, need to get, is that, like, if you're gonna have building in a game like Minecraft, but still have it be an RPG, like, make those two things coincide with each other and not like, hey, I made a house and it can cook, (laughs) except it doesn't do anything for the RPG part. It's like, okay, then why build a house that can cook? Like, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and I think Dragon Quest Builders did that really well, too. But yeah, Portal Knights is what I've been... Portal Knights and For Honor, the two games I've been playing, and they're both like one's a beta and one's early access. But I ha- I've been having a lot of fun with those, which I didn't expect, because one of them just showed up on my recommended, and the other one I was like, whatever. It's Ubisoft. It's a game with swords and dudes. I don't, I don't care, but you know, really nice. It's it's nice to be surprised once in a while at yeah, games because like sure. sometimes I don't I'm you know like I don't want to be that guy because like that game's gonna be shitty and then it just like oh hey it turned out to be shitty which actually didn't happen too much last year it's been getting better but still I don't want to be that person and mm-hmm. I have to say looking at Portal Knights uh you mentioned this one thing but like just looking at now one thing that stands out to me is that like the graphics are clearly Minecraft inspired, like you can yeah. see that, but they're good. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, it's like, it's not all just the the blocks, which like worked for Minecraft, I guess, but for everything else, like, it's, it's not a good look. It's smoothed out. It's it's that kind of concept, but much more like smoothed out visually. Right. Yeah. They've they've clearly it's... they've clearly put some effort into making everything look, as you say, good and kind of unique, rather than just going, Oh, Minecraft just had blocks, yeah. we can just have blocks and it looks just as good. Looks yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah, I like it. it. Like it like even if it is like even the vibrant, like they're like obviously like blocks because it's just way easier to like and that's the thing with Minecraft. It's actually, like, the block building mechanic and, like, the way you, like, 
like kind of tear down the environment and build stuff it's really easy with minecraft because like the way it's a block and like some games don't get that like when you actually try to make an actual 3d object with like curves and like angles it's really hard to build things but like this game it's like it's pretty much everything is a shape like a solid shape but it's just really nicely designed and like really smooth so even like, like even like the lighting system as little a thing as that is even the lighting in this game is better looking I, yeah I and the monsters aren't blocks either so like that's yeah. really nice too like like the thing is like they get what needs to be blocks which is like the environment and like the buildings because you're gonna have to like form those into things and they need to connect like legos but like everything mm-hmm. else doesn't have to be ugly janky blocks and yeah i appreciate yeah. it they're taking their time it's early access and like they update and when i mean they update like they update the game a lot and they also like update the steam a lot like with like what they actually did in the patch notes which is something nice because it's like i i'm a, like i i'm a fan I'm, I'm i'm of the sound idea that if you're doing early access update us as much as possible like i mean yeah it's it's kind it's kind of shitty to be left in the dark for something you paid for and it's not even finished and like again i'm not fond of early access but this game is pretty good i wouldn't be recommending it if it wasn't like a good early access game i just hope it gets finished i think it'll be finished the team looks like it looks like they're really passionate about this so I'm I'm pretty like, you know, I'm pretty happy with what I got to play. Yeah, I I I will probably check this out at some point. Actually, I'll be curious to pick your brain about it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. The and I haven't done much other like in terms of media. I've been watching a bunch of stuff. Nothing like just kind of catching up on stuff like Netflix shows and movies. Mm. I went to. <laughs> like I like you know we got some movies that are coming out now that like I didn't get to watch in theaters at the time. But, um, yeah, like, I, one, like, the only thing I really want to talk about is, like, this anime I've been watching, and it's not good, but it's not necessarily <laughs> bad. Okay, that's, like, Hell a lot yeah. of anime, but it's, it's more than, like, You've, I like I'm it. I'm sold! Yeah, I like it because it fits my taste, because I'm a disgusting human being, but, um, it's pretty much called, uh, Masamune-kun no Revenge. We're talking about it, Spivey. I'm talking about it, okay? I'm a... Yeah, no, they're... Okay, okay, so, like, for people who don't know, it's pretty much a revenge plot, and it's... The plot is the guy... There's this dude. He's the main character, and essentially, he was a a fat kid when he was younger, and his goal in life is to take revenge on this snotty rich girl who pretty much, like, dumped him when he was a fat kid. And so, like, since then, he spent his, like adolescence working out and being this super like hot sexy guy who's like really smooth by and like pretty much like er- the reason he's smooth is because he read like a bunch of his little sisters like show show manga and oh, like the- yeah that's the plot it's like pretty much it's like i'm gonna make this girl fall in love with me so i can dump her because she dumped me when i was a fat kid the- and <sighs> it's bad because everyone in the show is not much better like everyone is legitimately an awful character like, even the main girl, like, who I wanted to feel for, she's, like, a bitch. That's it. She's just straight up a bitch. And it's, like, I know, like, they want to redeem th- these characters and, like, make them likable, like, later on. But, like, I've watched, like, all the episodes, and no, they don't get better. They're, like, all still disgusting. Like, like I'm the two characters. I'm manga, and they're, they don't get any better. Yeah, they don't. And that's and... all after the thing. <laughs> And even the two main characters, it's like, oh, they're starting to, like, feel for each other. I'm like, I want them to crash and burn because they're awful. Like, it's... And the thing about the show is, like, I like it because everyone is super shitty. And, like, this is the thing. is like, they're not even realistically shitty. These are just, like, archetypal characters and, like, the worst form of those archetypal characters. But I like it. I can't stop watching it. I just want to see these people crash and burn so much. And, like... 
I know it's not going to happen because these people are going to get a happy ending because it's anime. And right. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get, like, what's that one anime where she just, like, kills her boyfriend or something? Like, I forgot what it's school called. Days? Yeah, school Days? Yeah, School Days. The greatest ending to any yeah, anime of all time. I don't, re- I don't I expect I a School day scenario where it's just going to get really good at the end because it got <laughs> super dark and awful. But, yeah, like, this... Yeah, this this anime is not very good, but it's like interesting from a perspective that like everyone is bad and but we're still supposed to like them and they make no effort to make them like good other than that their character huh. designs are good. Nathaniel, um, can, can I recommend an anime at some point if you want to watch a good revenge plot show? Um, this is this is a show that I recommend to people who don't watch anime. So I you might actually enjoy this because it is an adaptation of a classic novel into anime form. Um, in like 2007 or so, a studio made a futuristic sci-fi anime adaptation of the classic French revenge novel, The Count of Monte Cristo, <laughs> and made it made it a version of it where like it, it's it's animated but has just like j- just really genuinely interesting characters, and it's still this like horrible revenge story that that novel always was. And if you ever want to watch a really good revenge story with beautiful animation, I know it's a completely different type of anime than what you're talking about, but it just popped into my head because you were talking about that. That is a show that I recommend to people who don't even like anime, so I'm going to throw that out there for that as well. That That's that's a neat show to check out because uh, they, they just get very creative with like the perspectives that are involved in revenge stories, like like how different people see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to watch something completely different after that, that's very like art housey. Where what you're describing is not, I would recommend that. I'm sorry, that was an odd tangent to go on. No, it's, it's fine. A, it's fine. It's, it's fine. actually a pretty good show. It's a really not, neat yeah. Show. I've watched it too. It's I don't care good. about yeah. the Monica, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. I still enjoyed that show. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I like it's just like an interesting thing I want to bring up because like this anime is pretty much it's not supposed to be liked on any level, and I. Okay, here's the thing. I know why I like it, and it's because I like the main girl, and I know I just went on a whole thing where it's like, she's a total bitch, and she is because she's rich, she eats a lot, like, she steals people's lunch, like, lunch for the most part, and she has a servant, but I'm not gonna lie, guys, I kinda like that, like, she, like, she told the dude once, like, she's just like, you should just die, and I was like, that's the best girl, that's the dream, that's the one right there. Didn't she tell him that, like, right after he asked her out, too? Yes, and that's the dream, she's a total bitch, and I dig it. God, such, mm, God, she can, like, choke me out. If if she was real, she could like totally choke me out. If I met someone like that, okay, bad, bad, bad tangent. Anyway, yeah, that's my, what I'm watching. My brain is sliding out my mouth. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Uh, it's it's okay. It's it's it's, it's whatever. It's inoffensive <laughs> as hell. But yeah, um, it's okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know you know what else is you know what else is okay, Nathan? What? Seeking Jesus. <laughs> I've seen God's not dead. That doesn't help know. me any. <laughs> oh lord not god's not dead. i've seen god's you know, not dead that didn't make me fine you know you know what i love about god's not dead is the graphic design for the like uh the, the the dvd box for that movie is so badly designed with the logo that from a distance it looks like it's called god's dead like the word not is yeah. not visible from a yeah. distance how did they not name the second one god's still not dead uh i can't believe <laughs> like, the second oh, one that would have been good yeah, it, God's not dead. The eleventh or something. Just make it to the stupidest name. God remains alive, <laughs> because then you avoid also the problem Jay was talking about. If it's like God remains alive, like, uh, you know, I'm not Christian, so I can't really speak to it. But I had some Christian friends who like 
enjoyed that movie and I asked them why and they're like, well, you know, you don't see a lot of Christian movies, even though like, yeah, it's bad on every level. And it's like, have some, have some standards, demand yeah. better. Yeah. That's okay. all I'll say. Here's the thing. I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I'm not a, like a practicing Catholic, but I will say that that movie sucks and I hate it. And I do <laughs> want more Christian movies because like as sure. someone who know who read the Bible and like thinks that there's some really cool, weird shit that could be movies. Like, there's some like, weird stuff cool. in the Bible that would have been pretty cool to be made into a movie. But, like, yeah, because, like, There's here's the cool thing, stuff. like, Christian movies are just, like, Christian movies, like, have now, like, are now in the hole of, like, okay, well, it needs to be, like, we need to teach about Jesus, and we need to yeah. be, like, preachy. And it's, like, no, and we can, you can make a cool, big-budget spectacle Christian film that's, yeah, it can have, like, Christian, me- like, messages, but it can still be, like, a genuinely good, yeah. like, interesting movie, you know? Like, it doesn't have it, to be mutually exclusive. It's just weird. Yeah, or just have a good story that's an allegory to something in the Bible without shoving it down the viewers' throats that it is, in fact, an allegory to something in the Bible. There, there's yeah, there's like, a million... Like Chronicles of Narnia. Sure, well, I was yeah. Gonna, yeah there, well, I was gonna say well, Tron some Legacy, of Chronicles but... of Narnia. Not all of Chronicles of Narnia, I would argue. The first two, at least. First four, even. I... I... I hate the and end the of that seventh series. book, but yeah, I, I but, like uh, the books a lot. The movies kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna say Tron Legacy, where Tron dies and literally comes back as Jesus and ends everything again. But... I mean, the original Transformers oh, you, movie. Oh, why'd you make me think of Tron Legacy again? <laughs> I, when I think of when, <laughs> when people remind me of like Tron Legacy, I just think of the soundtrack and I'm okay. Like I just oh, yeah. the movie. Yeah, 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 that's true. Soundtrack is great. Nothing wrong with the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah but the movie's but it's ass. Sad punk, so. I love Tron. I went and saw that movie twice in theaters because it's one of those movies that's insidious where it's like you watch it and you hate it. And then afterwards you're like, no, it could have been that bad. Hmm. And then you go back and you, and it was, that's how I felt about I the, the same. Movie. <laughs> yeah. I have the same relationship with the, uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy movie. Uh, like, no, that I'm doesn't like, exist. That doesn't exist. Uh, no. Nope. Well, the thing nope. is, I, 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 really I enjoy like, that I'll think about it. Like, I'll think about it, and I'm like, it had the perfect cast. It had a great yeah. soundtrack. It had, like, it, you know, Douglas Adams supposedly worked on it. Like, surely it couldn't have been as bad as I remember. And then you go see it, and you're like, ugh. It has a couple redeemable scenes, but otherwise, yeah, it's that bad. That's hmm. me in Star Wars Episode Two, which I yeah. still don't yeah. think has been officially made. I, re- I don't count that as canon. Just because of how bad that movie is, but I've so, watched it so many I was, times. I was watching it with someone about a year ago. So much of that movie is just Obi Wan Kenobi being bad at things, like it's just him, him just... like hiding in a desert, like, or, like just hiding away I've... from enemies half the movie, falling and off Anakin of a away. ship and falling on his ass. Like he's not a very good Jedi in that yeah, movie. I I have an ongoing argument with uh, uh, a close friend vis a vis. Is episode one or episode two the worst Star Wars oh, movie? And I two. think it's episode two. Yeah. Episode oh, I agree. Because... the worst episode. Movie. And the reason is because, like, it... so his argument is like episode one has like no reason to exist, which is true. This the is only true. thing yeah. it adds to the story is how Palpatine became the Chancellor, which nobody cares about, and what if we started the Anakin and Padme relationship when it Way was really young. fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really anime creepy. That's how creepy yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but but at least Phantom Menace is watchable because yeah. you have, like, you have the pod race, mm-hmm. you have that lightsaber fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have that lightsaber fight at the end, which I truly think is the best lightsaber fight in any Star Wars movie. It's, it's more there. Despite Certainly. the fact that it's surrounded by garbage. Also, Darth Maul, like, the guy who played Darth Maul choreographed that fight, too. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Darth Maul was cool. He just 
didn't do anything. But then yeah. episode two, there's two scenes that people remember <laughs> as being interesting in episode two, and that's the big fight at the end, and that's the uh, the the chase in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I recently watched episode two and terrible. paused. That chase at the beginning Ass. that everyone remembers is like, at least it started cool. Nope. No, I'll argue the chase is fun, but it's 14 minutes into yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah, And the only thing that gets established in that 14 minutes that actually matters is that someone is making attacks on Padme's life and Obi-Wan and Anakin go to rescue her. Like, that could, like you could establish that and in the one yeah. shot of the elevator going up and then have the chase immediately. They're also extremely so bad security guards to entirely like, let that happen. <laughs> like, it is, oh, God. That, that really is a and so it's, and so it's, it's become That's really all and they so it, are. Yeah. yeah, and so it's become like a game for me where I will pause oh, other movies at the 14-minute mark and see, like, how much has happened. Because mm-hmm. in a typical movie, right, like, Things happen. all of the exposition is done. Yeah. There will often have been like an interesting fight or chase or something and we are progressing into the main plot yep. and on that we are starting the fucking movie <laughs> yeah you know like, i when you said like the two scenes people remember i thought you were gonna bring up the sand thing that anakin oh, said the sand like, thing is the well, best that, yeah, scene but, in the entire or, in like, the entire trilogy i guess i, guess I only remember two George... really bad things <laughs> The most memorable scene in that movie to me is when Anakin and Padme are running around in a field with some horribly CGI giant fat round cow monster that see, I, someone's writing See, I actually, I actually like that part. You're insane. Because at least... No, no, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. Because everything on either side of that is garbage. So is that. Because you have the... you Listen. You have the I hate sand scene. Then you have that. Then you have the even rapier scene oh, with yeah, him when and he's Padme, super, where yeah, he's like, "My soul burns." <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's really boy. creepy and unsettling. It was super. That thirsty. one scene in the middle is one of the few scenes in the movie that is not just two people talking to each other. You see, mm. yes, the CGI monsters look bad, but at least there is something visually interesting in the frame. I suppose that to me, when I have to watch episode two, that is like a fucking oasis God. of. Something for my eyes to look at that is appealing while I wait for the rest of this four-hour yeah. nightmare. Have how, over. Well, wait, how about when Anakin, in that scene where Anakin pretends to be seriously fucking injured by lying <laughs> on the ground when he gets thrown off and then laughs at Padme when she starts to almost cry at the scene. And he's just <laughs> laughing at her. Uh, but, uh, is it no. that's is it before or after that scene also where he just straight up says, I love fascism? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you no, guys seen but, uh, um, Red Letter Media's videos on the the prequels? They, they they've done some really good, just like long winded analysis. Like Red Letter Media is a really good channel for just like analysis of movies in general. Like they they've done good stuff on the new ones too, on the new Star Wars movies. But like they had this series of like three hour long analyses of exactly why the prequels are just as bad and like, just uncomfortable as they are. And like they kind of make the point of like Episode One doesn't have a protagonist. Who's the protagonist of that movie? Is it young Anakin? Is it Obi-Wan? Is it Qui-Gon Jinn? Is it Padme? It's like, Jar Jar, on, honestly. Yeah, like, honestly, you, you, Jar Jar is the protagonist of episode one. No, he gets the most character development. Exactly. He has the only one who gets changed. Yeah. No, He's no, that, shown that's, in way more scenes than ever. Le- legitimately about what I was, what, like, was going to say is, is Jar Jar is the only one who's treated that way. Everyone else does not change, doesn't really make enough discovery, is not focused on enough, and yet... That movie is still more enjoyable than episode two. 
Right, because, like, uh, it's Star Wars, right? Like, to a certain extent, I can accept stupid shit if something course. interesting is happening. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same reason I was, I was able to enjoy Rogue One with as many flaws are in the story of that movie. I'll totally acknowledge there's a lot of flaws, and I enjoyed that movie. I anyway. will kill you and your dog. All right, that's but... weird, but okay. Okay, John Wick antagonist. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I want to watch the second All one. right, we've gone way the fuck off track. I already have a podcast what? about Star Wars. Yeah. Anthony, what have you been well, playing this This is this like week? the longest advertisement for your second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess. If you like more of this, go to starworstcast.tumblr.com. All right. All right. Uh, Sorry. Anthony, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I stopped playing the mobile Fire Emblem game because I got tired. And just to let people know if they listen to it, uh, there there's two Anthony's on the site because someone private messaged me on Twitter was like, you talked about how much you hate this game. Why did you give it a four out of five? Because people don't read last <laughs> yeah. names. So there is another Anthony yeah. on the site. I think he made some good points. He's a very good writer. I just completely disagree with the score, but he did make good points on there. Um, but that I, game, yeah. but uh. Heroes made me want to actually play a Fire Emblem game again, which <laughs> kudos to that. Mm-hmm. Made me play. It made me replay Awakening, so I played through nice. the first half of that this weekend. Nice. And it just reminded me, oh, this game was really good. Except oh, yeah. if they developed the characters better, it could have been a really good game instead of being a fantastic to play, but a game where I just press start to skip through all the support conversations because they bore me so much. Oh, yeah. Um, in that game, the char- I, I romanced, uh, what's her name? Pan, the, the sort of like rabbit girl. Our entire romance was based on the fact that I made her carrot stew three times. Like, th- that is the dialogue for her. Is just, oh, thanks. Okay, you want to get married? Okay, yeah. I like your cooking, um, all right. Fire okay. emblem relationship. If you marry a dragon lolly, uh, your whole thing is you Lord. teach her how to kill a snake with a rock. Hell yeah. And then you get married. Love. <laughs> I was like, She's also a thousand huh. Old. We don't, uh, that Dragon Lolly is the yeah. worst design, but I really I like baby. the daughter. I may I, look yeah. like five. I may look like a fetus, but I'm actually like a million years old. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My favorite thing is she names her character after no. So like every yeah, joke yeah. in the character is like, what's your name? Nah. Yeah. It's not a name. I, I, I still stand by that game is probably one of the best games on the 3DS, in my, in my opinion. I really like Awakening ter- a lot. In terms of gameplay, I will agree with you. Yeah. Like, I will say it is a great gameplay. They added the mechanics that like it, and you can turn off casual mode. Yeah. If you the, don't want it, so. The overall story is ass, is kind of asinine, but uh, I, I don't think anyone plays that for the overall story as much as just the enjoyment of its combat and strategy. Yeah, so. Oh, and that's. Waifu? Yeah, and that. And because that's, what, emblem because is that's a thing, what Nintendo though. cares about now. Honestly, well, it, it, I will admit they do have precedence because it did sell like the second most in any series, which was only beaten by even more waifu emblem. Yep, the yep, Fates games. True. So I can't really blame Nintendo for doing what they're doing. It's, it's honestly the fault of really horny people. Honestly, it's, it's, <laughs> as are it's many things in this world, <laughs> right? It's, it's the but, fault that Japan would rather marry two D people and have their civilization yeah. fall into chaos as they it, never have children. It's it's like the summary of Greek mythology as unfortunately Zeus was horny that day. <laughs> See, I will say it. this up until recently at least Japan didn't make anime where people fell in love with like snakes and things but then I forgot that monster Masuna exists. I was like well no it I'm is just say, Greek I'm myths. Sure. Yeah. Well, I do want to fuck a snake. Well, Everything bad is real. Spider was best girl. Okay. I'm all. not talking about monster Masuna except for saying that it was awful. <laughs> 
and that the whole concept of it disturbed me to my very core. Oh, I just the realized this week on the hot, yeah. though. I'm not gonna lie. No, it's this not, week on the, the Hayport podcast. <laughs> this week on the Hayport podcast, <laughs> Nathan tries really hard to get kicked off. I'm in show. hell. <laughs> no, I was gonna say this With week every on the podcast. Word he says. <laughs> this week on the podcast, we learned about snakes uh, or uh, <laughs> on spider sex. I which of us is gonna jump off a bridge first mid episode? <laughs> I'm going to follow a whiff of talking about how much I hate it during the No, fall, I will so. outlast every single one of you fuckers, and that is my promise. Wow. I want to know what's writing? the thing that I will say that will make people jump off the bridge. Anyway. <laughs> All of it? Anyway. Uh, that's the only game I've been playing. Jesus I'm just going to switch subject. I'm going to switch yep. subject to something other Japanese. Um, I've been watching a bunch of Super Sentai recently, which is, uh, for those that don't know, the original Power Rangers shows. Oh, yeah. So oh, hell Japanese. yeah. Yeah. I've uh, I've stuff. been watching a bunch of the fan subs because uh, they haven't really released much of anything in the U.S. And I was, it just made me think because uh, I was looking at Sha- Shout Factor released uh, the first four seasons of Power Rangers, but the original one, so Zoo Ranger, uh, O Ranger, Cock Ranger, and they released them for forty dollars for like a for like fifty episodes apiece, which is a really good deal. It is, yeah. And I was thinking, how is this okay to be able to sell for $40, yet if I want to buy a 12-episode anime series, I have to spend 80 to to $100 nowadays to get it uh, via on DVD and not even Blu-ray. It always confused me how something even more niche, because people don't watch Japanese Power Rangers that much, can be sold for mm-hmm. half the cost of something that people do watch. Because anime is expensive and people season. are horny. So is so we're making about Nathan uh, specifically. God, especially today, just yeah. just endlessly. Nathan is the reason why anime is going to die. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Said the reason anime is going to live. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> Thank you, Hayao Miyazaki. Applauds you for. Your... I just ha- I just have more to add to my little uh, like uh, uh, folder. Within the Haypoor podcast folder of like the time that Nathan said he would fuck Tony the Tiger, <laughs> we when we make a like best, I, I've wanted to make a best of uh, episode or like clip series for this show for a long time. Nathan, you have contributed so much to it already. Without we're coming, knowing. we're coming up on our hundredth episode, and we'll just have a segment that's oh. like things Nathan said, al- <laughs> things to send to Nathan's potential employers. <laughs> That entire oh, folder no. could just be like things Nathan wants to fuck, and it'd be like like a one gigabyte audio file, honestly. But it's no because uh, the only things thing Nathan is... wants to fuck gonna be your new spinoff podcast. Things Nathan said aloud on our show, aloud uh, live, live in public, knowing he was being recorded. See, by four. There so are three things that would go on that best of epi- four things. Uh, the the two episodes uh, before I was recording the. Finding the porn in the woods part. Oh, oh, yeah. I remember the, Jay was on. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Porn in the woods, the, and I believe also sex toys in the woods in, in the yeah, same episode. That was cool. That that was the first episode I ever listened yeah! to. I was on. <laughs> um, there's that the very awkward silence from everyone while I tried to explain what catfishing was to people. Oh no, I forgot that was on this podcast. Oh no. <laughs> was oh no, Anthony, that, um, Anthony. Oh no, Anthony. And then we have the <laughs> uh, fever dream a couple episodes ago. And then uh, just and yes. then the rest of the episode is just Nathan, just recordings of everything Nathan has said because that's yeah. all. There you old. go. We could add that's the, uh, the entirety of the, the best the, of episode. The lumber wives incident from about a year ago would be good on there. Yeah, there's there's a couple. So there's good enough Lord. good shows on there. But I, I, yeah, side note, I've genuinely wanted to do that for a while, and I might at some point. Starting but, with uh, before any of these folks were on, but we'll we'll like move through it all like my brother, my brother, and me with mm-hmm. their completely untimely best of by like, fifty episodes chunks that they do. 
But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> to get out of that, so I've been Jesus. watching a lot of Sentai. I've been watching a uh, Go Kaiger, which is the pirate Sentai uh, that was adapted into English by uh, Super Mega Force. That's that's adapted. That's a newer the, one, right? That's the second newest one that aired because okay, Dino yeah. Charge just finished them. What it is, it's the 35th anniversary of all the Sentai in Japan. So it's a giant mega celebration where uh, the whole Power Rangers gimmick is they can transform into past Rangers and use their abilities. Mm-hmm. And America, they're like, we're going to show off two things for our special and nothing else because we don't understand what the fans want. <laughs> and it was it was awful. So I started watching the Japanese again because I was like, please be good. And it's it's amazing. And I really hope it eventually gets officially translated into the U.S. so I can actually pay for it. Right. I can't really review something on the site if it's not legally available, and I don't know if that's like a thing on the site. But I refuse to do it. I so mean, that's... it's it's a good policy anyway. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the whole reason I'm waiting me. until uh, Little Witch Academia gets officially on Netflix before. Oh I'm man, about it. I can't, I can't oh, I wait to get so into that. Much. I haven't I watched it. it yet, and I really so can't precious. wait to. We're, we're I ha- gonna... I've I've seen the first five episodes, and that... it's amazing. But I can't, and I have the whole. Like thing prepared, like the day it comes out on Netflix, I just have to wait. <laughs> that that I thought it was on Netflix. No, oh, it's it's going be. to be the okay. No, so what's, what, okay. yeah, what Over. happens with Japan and Netflix is uh they wait until the entire series airs in Japan and then upload well, it to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, also, they don't do, also, uh, also with Academia, um, Little Witch Academia was originally like a one episode thing, like a one time thing that is on Netflix or at least was. I think it still is. Uh, this no, is yeah. a full series being made by a studio based on that and how pop, how much popularity that got. Yeah, they got much. a twenty six episode OVA, yeah. and then they went to Kickstarter and was like, "Hey, we want to make more of this. Will you give us money to do it?" And they got a lot of money. Yep. And, and so made, that got yeah. kicked. So the hour one, which is also on Netflix, and then Netflix bought the exclusive rights to stream it. So yep. There you go. I, I knew I saw something about it because my recent Netflix recommendations have just been full of anime <laughs> because I watched Terrace House and nothing yes, else. Yes, Terrace House is so good. Thank Terrace you. Terrace House watching. is very good. Terrace yeah. House is so good. But uh, boys and girls in the city. But I, uh, if you like, uh, if you like Harry Potter, it's the Japanese Harry Potter. But yeah, it's it's very charming. Really good care, like actually probably better characters than They're the so first few movies, and they are good characters. And it's being animated by the guys who did uh, Gurren Lagann and Kill la Kill and Fooly Cooly. It, well, yeah, um, it's uh, by it's by the same studio. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The, it's the people who left Gynex to do the better shows. So it's all <laughs> yeah. the good people from Gynex that didn't leave when Eva got bought by Studio Kara, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it is a very good series so far. But I I can't wait. So that's all I've been doing is bunch of Japanese Power Rangers and Fire Emblem. <laughs> all right. Um, so I really only played one game this week, like, other than, you know, Pathologic and Gum and Taco Truck and the things I'm kind of always playing, but, uh, the, I played a game for review, you can read that review, uh, it's a game called Limelight, which is a minimalist puzzle game where everything takes place on a line, like a one-dimensional, uh, line. Uh, it's very pretty, it's very gentle, it's, it's possibly the most relaxing game I've ever played. Um, like just the music and the presentation, everything about it, just really chill. I can pretty much promise that in the future, or rather when you're listening to this in the past, uh, when I'm editing this episode, I'll probably be playing Limelight like in another tab while I listen back because it's perfect for that sort of thing. Um, otherwise as a puzzle game, it's like, as a direct result of that, it's kind of easy, you know, doesn't have a whole lot more going on, but, uh, it's a good little game if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but I did another review this week, which I'm much, much more excited about. Um, 
I, I, it's funny because I was given Jay uh, a little bit of crap, but lovingly so, I would say, for uh, talking about Voltron so much. And I have been like that, but with the Lego Batman movie, yes. which came out this week in which I went to the first possible showing. Uh, I got a review up about it where I said that it is like the heading of the review is the best superhero film in years. That's and I will stand by that. Like a lot of people thought that I was I, I was joking. Um I am not. Although I, I definitely should start off by saying that, like, first of all, the Lego movie is one of my favorite movies of all time, like easily top three. Um, and it's and Batman is my favorite superhero and has been for a long time. And so for admittedly, for me, just like, you know, criticism is subjective for me. Part of the appeal was like there is a cool Batman thing. Because since the Nolan film stopped, I would argue there really hasn't been. No. The Telltale series was not that great. The uh, Obviously, Batman vs. Superman was a hideous tire fire. That movie never happened. We don't talk about that movie. Never happened. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, so just based on the trailers, I knew that this movie was going to be really funny. And it is. If nothing else, even if you, like, whatever, you don't think it's the best superhero film or whatever, um, it... it it is, without question, one of the best comedies that we've seen in a long time. Probably one of the best, if not the best, that'll come out this year. Like, comedic pacing is really, really important. Um, and it's something that I feel like a lot of comedies don't necessarily get right. They think that you could just tell a whole bunch of jokes and it's funny. And I mean, like, mm. it is, fundamentally... But uh, it can also be exhausting if it's just rapid fire and then yeah. it stops being funny after a while. Um, Lego Batman actually does it really well. So, like, very minor spoilers. The first scene is this, like, big, action-packed, super fast-paced moment with a lot of jokes. And then the next scene is him going back to the Batcave and it shows how lonely this is. And it's sti- it shows how lonely he is and it's still really funny. Um, because like he's you know he's doing all of these sad things alone uh but it's slow so like you have a really fasty they're really slowy and just things like that like it's really really smartly written from comedy but it's also a really really good story like it this is again not a joke or like me reading anything into it the lego batman movie is primarily a story about bruce wayne's crippling fear of emotional intimacy <laughs> uh, which also explore and like it deals with the ramifications of him watching his parents die like really really well i would say it, like goes deeper into how that trauma would actually affect him than anything else because like batman begins even you know mm. he was and i love the nolan films don't get me wrong but like batman begins he's sad about his parents dying for a bit and then he starts kicking butt yeah uh the, he kind of just goes with, off and does the, some other stuff for a while yeah, this actually kind of deals with, like, how badly would that affect someone? Mm. And, you know, what does that kid grow up to be? Um, and it also, like... Uh, it, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, it... it it so the it's the it's primarily a story about him and the Joker, like so many of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them just copy the Killing Joke, which again is great. But like we've seen that you know you need me sort of side of the Joker and Batman's relationship a lot. It manages to still like respect that relationship while actually doing something new with the characters. Okay, because it's yeah. just that was the one thing to me that sounded very unfitting of what this movie was going to be. So it's, it's encouraging to hear you say that. Yeah, um, and it it 
like head on addresses the question of whether or not Batman could really be called a hero from some of the bad stuff that he does in a way that like was really powerful. Like it hit me really hard, even though I'll just say it gets resolved in a way that's, you know, going to be fairly predictable if you if you're an adult watching this. But still, like they take it to a place, even though, you know, it's going to get better. They take it to a place that I was very surprised they went to, especially in a movie that could have easily been just, you know, a 90 minute toy commercial. Um, So if you liked the Lego movie at all. Or if you like Batman, just, like, go see this movie. It's so smartly written. There's so many... Like, uh, okay, I'll give you a good example. Like, a little microcosm of what makes the movie so good. Like, there's this uh, moment where Robin is in the Batcave for the first time. And uh, there's this running joke throughout the movie that even though it's super, super, super obvious, no one ever gets that Bruce Wayne is Batman unless he tells them. Hmm. Um And so uh, there's this moment. Robin's in the Batcave for the first time. He's freaking out. And he goes, <gasps> wait a minute. Batman lives in Bruce Wayne's basement, and uh, Batman goes, no, Bruce Wayne lives in Batman's attic. (laughs) And it's funny, it's a good joke, but it's also kind of like showing that he sees, you know, Bruce Wayne as the fake side of himself, which is a theme throughout the movie. Like, it's like that, where it's funny, but there is actually another side to it, and I'm just, I'm really impressed with how good this movie was. Like, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I, uh, I I also love the Lego movie. Like, I have the special edition of it on Blu-ray on my shelf. and I, Nice. It's something I pop in every once in a while. Like, if I'm in a mood where I just need to, like, watch a piece of comfort media that I've, like, watched a bunch of times and it'll make me smile, that's, like, on my short list always. It's that. Yeah. Or, like, a Studio Ghibli film or, like, usually one of those two. But, um... I was really excited to hear this. I, I also just love that Will Arnett is is the voice of Batman. Will Arnett is one of my favorite comedians oh, he in, just, in, yeah. in now voice acting. Like Between that and BoJack Horseman and everything, he's just been doing amazing work in the last few years. Oh, yeah. No, and he does, he does a phenomenal job. Like, I, I said in my review that if it were anyone other than Will Arnett, this movie would be unbearable yeah. because of the way that even as Bruce Wayne, which again ties into that like running gag about how obvious his disguise is, like even as Bruce Wayne, he growls every single one of his lines <laughs> in that parody of, of Christian right. Bale, except he also manages to get across a lot of emotion from that. Hmm. more way more honestly than christian bale could while doing that ridiculous voice like he he balances the pathos and the humor of it like again anyone other than will arnett the growling would just you would want to kill yourself like 20 minutes in um i really the whole cast is good like rosario dawson who's the uh nurse who's in every single marvel netflix film (laughs) uh is she's barbara gordon Mm -hmm. um Batgirl. Yep. Uh, Michael Sarah is Robin, which was, and he's he's the best Robin that ever. Perfect, like honestly. I did not know that yeah. actually. Yeah, I had no idea that was no. That was an inspired fucking choice. Well, yeah, it's also uh, it's also Rafe, the uh, the like Arrested Development connection between him and uh, Will Arnett. Yeah, That's funny. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but you're right. Um, uh, Rafe Fines. Which is it, the name that's spelled like Ralph Fiennes. He's yep. the guy who played Monsieur Gustave H and uh, uh, Voldemort. Uh, he plays Alfred, which feels inevitable. Like, you feel like you can't believe that wasn't done before. Yeah. Like, of course. Um, and they have a bunch of really funny cameos. Like, they actually got Billy D. Williams to play Two-Face, which he was going to do in the Tim Burton movie and then yep. didn't. Yep. Um, stuff like that. Uh, and other cameos that I can't talk about 
because they're huge spoilers. Like, this is actually a movie that has some huge spoilers as to where it goes in the last third or so. Um, but the the only role I didn't like so much, and really the only part of the movie I didn't like so much, is uh, Zach Galifianakis is the Joker. Mm. And he really, he just kind of phones it in. Like, the role is so well written and funny that it's still, like, enjoyable. Mm. But... I mean, first of all, I don't know why they didn't just get Mark Hamill. Yeah, they easily could have, probably. Yeah, he's Presumably. not really... Like, Mark Hamill is doing... He's, he's doing Star like, Wars, reading Trump... Like... Well, yeah, but, like, he's reading Trump tweets as the Joker on Twitter yeah. for free. Like, I don't think he would have turned this down. Yeah. Um, or even then, like, a lot of people have played the Joker, like, John DiMaggio and Troy Baker and just a whole... Like... So, I'm a big fan of the Lego video games as well. And, like, the Joker they have in the Lego video games, I don't even know who he is. He wasn't some, like, big name by any measure. I don't think he was anyone who did it in anywhere else. But he did a good job. He was basically just imitating the Mark Hamill version. And he did a good job. Like, they could have just gotten... does, honestly. Yeah, at this point. That's one thing I yeah. don't like about the Joker now. And, like, it's nothing against That's... Mark Hamill. Because, like, he is the Joker but for a lot of people. It's just that, like... Like, I don't know. It feels like if a lot of people just like, want to be the Joker. They just do the Mark Hamill thing. Yeah. And, like, you don't have to, because John DiMaggio, like, did his own thing for yeah. the Joker, and it was, like, fantastic, you know? No, yeah. Like, I, I don't have a problem that Galifianakis doesn't sound like Mark Hamill, but he literally, like, I didn't even recognize it as Zach Galifianakis, because he just sounds like every white guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, he doesn't, yeah. like, he's not, he's not hamming up the lines at all. No. He's not, you know, being funny or scary. He's just, like... I'm gonna get you, Batman. He, yeah, like, really. He's, he's, I don't know. I, I also per- personally controversial opinion. I, I'm sick of the Joker in general at this point. Like the Joker is a really compelling villain who's been done in a lot of really interesting ways, but I think he's been overplayed as like the quintessential Batman antagonist a little more than he needs to be. And so I think maybe we're reaching a point where it's hard for some actors to think of what else to do. Again, it's partially because of the Mark Hamill thing, but like. You either stick to that kind of thing or you do something like the atrocity that was Suicide Squad where the Joker uh. is just a, a hot topic teenager's idea of a, of a crazy person who wears a bunch uh. of bling and drives a helicopter into a building, I think, at one point. I tried yeah. to block that movie out. This, yeah, the problem with Jared Leto's Joker is that there's no pragmatism. <laughs> it's not the crazy parts. It's just that like 100% of the time was crazy and yeah. like... When you have that, mm-hmm. it makes everything like feel less impactful. Like it was just a hundred percent weird, like hot topic MySpace post, like forum <laughs> things. Like, like every second mm-hmm. he was on screen, it was like no subtlety. Not like the other Jokers. Hell, even yeah, what, you know. Yeah, I, I'll I'll actually agree with that, Jay, because like I really really like the Joker mm-hmm. as a villain, but I will agree that pretty much every way that story has been told probably can be told. Yeah, I, so I was really happy that this movie found something different to do with that. I um, wish it's... more people emulated Jack Nicholson's Joker, personally. I really like Jack Nicholson's yeah. Joker. I, I also just love Joker. Jack Nicholson. Like He's one of my favorite actors who is still alive yeah. right now. Like He's amazing, but yeah, no, I, I really like his interpretation of the Joker. I think his balance mm-hmm. of... like. In an odd way, Jared Leto feels like his performance feels like a direct bastardization of that one in a way because Nicholson's was very much this like mixture of maniac and very calculated mob boss. And then you yeah. have this weird hot topic spray paint version of that with Jared Leto. 
What I love, what I love about Jack Nicholson's Joker is that you can forget how evil he yeah. is, and then there are moments where they remind you, like you know, he'll be like dancing on his giant parade float, and you don't take him seriously at all, and then right after that, he says to his like most beloved henchman, he's like, "Bob, give me your gun," yeah, and he does, and then he just shoots him, Damn. and it's this like quiet moment. Yep. The thing about now, I love the Heath Ledger Joker as well. Mm-hmm. Gun to my head, I don't know. I could tell you which one I like better because they were very different performances and very different. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But the thing is, that's the most you never forget. Yeah, but the thing is, you never forget that Heath Ledger's Joker is a psychopath. That is right? like he's scary. Yeah, yeah he's scary yeah. all of the time. What's fun about Jack Nicholson is that he. You're right. He hits that balance of he can be terrifying, he can be funny. Sometimes it's at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the thing with the Heath Ledger Joker is like you—you you brought it like a really good point that he's like you—you're reminded that he's a psychopath like a hundred percent of the time. But like, unlike the Jared Leto Joker, where it's like a hundred percent of the time he's like really quirky, Heath Ledger Joker had a lot of quiet moments, and those were like yeah. way yeah. more unsettling than anything like that was a set piece that he did. Oh yeah, quiet menacingness. Yeah, that was like the main thing of his character. Like the the whole "I'm gonna make this pencil disappear" scene is my quintessential like thing I think of when I think of him, and he just quietly shuffles into that room and starts talking to those guys in that scene like he's kind of diminutive at the beginning he's not this giant menacing presence and then boom that happens yeah yeah really well done also the uh, the the suicide squad joker had the had the word joker tattooed to his fucking stomach because you know we we need to be reminded that he's the joker get it do you get it also just like just how shitty Jared Leto was to everyone working on that movie. Oh like, God. I hope, I yeah. hope he never comes back. Even Holy if they feel Christ. the need to bring the Joker back in the DCU, he, it should be yeah. someone else. Well, he planted, it, it, but he planted dead mice in other people's trailers during the filming of that movie. At one point, he like mm-hmm. he just didn't stop. Well, I mean, it, he, it doesn't help or hurt the fact that he also talked bad shit about warner brothers when they cut off a couple yeah. of the scenes so there's oh, a yeah, chance yeah. they'll hire somebody else he's in, he's, he's he, like let's be real he was in like suicide squad for like 30 seconds like, oh, yeah, he was like, supposed like... to have a bunch more scenes but they took a lot of them out because they're going by over oh we can't have too much female abuse in that even though that's the whole point of the, that's the whole point that that, that's movie. that's harley quinn yeah, yeah. that's oh harley quinn's fun entire fact, origin. watch the director's cut of that still ass it's just like batman v superman no the director's <laughs> cut is actually good no it's not shut up it's nothing <laughs> That's that anything, movie. Twenty twelve up. Made me, director's cut is not good. Okay, sorry. No, that made yeah. that movie made me sad that Katana was in it because she's such a cool character. Yeah, and that, that's they did nothing with her. Guys, you know, there was Slipknot. no reason she needed to be Slipknot. there. Slipknot, dude. I'm yeah. okay with the slip. The Slipknot. Oh, that's my favorite that. part no, of that movie. No, it was so funny though. I just love it. It's like Slipknot dies. Okay, well, yeah. The man that can was, climb that anything. Was a legitimately kill. good part. Of, that's probably the only really good part of the movie. Actually, <laughs> I thought Will. I thought Will Smith did a pretty good job. Will Smith considering yeah. what he was given. Well, okay, hey, let's yeah. be real. They rewrote Deadshot as Will Smith. Playing Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very fine. True. Yeah, in the same way, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> we haven't just is Iron like Man. we we haven't gotten that in so long. Like everything he's done has been so bad that like I'm okay with that. Honestly, <laughs> no. And that's, the thing um, is, Deadshot is an interesting character now because they literally Will Smith him, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, because like Deadshot's not that interesting yeah. in the comic books. Anthony, your um your thing with Katana is actually the same thing with me and uh, Logan, which is coming out because Logan um, looks really fucking cool, but um I'm actually really worried about it just because X twenty three is the girl in that, and I think she's one of the most interesting characters in like the last decade of Marvel comics, and I will I'm really agree scared with they're you gonna fuck her up. Too. I agree. I'm with very you scared on that. they'll screw her up. 
Can't be as bad from as X2, what I've though. been seeing, I yeah, don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I agree. I think yeah. it'll be different. I think Logan is like the only chance X Men has for having a good movie because Deadpool wasn't an X Men movie. M- most of the X Men movies are bad. In that. There All are two the good X Men movies. Mm-hmm. X Men One is good. X Men First Class is good. Those are the only X- two good X Men. X Men Three and X Men. Okay, I, I will say I, I, I like X-Men Future Three for the wrong reasons because it's really X Men. You know, it's, you know, Nathan. It's, like, it's like the X Men. I don't remember. That that's very fair. I, I don't remember disliking that movie, but I also couldn't fucking tell you a single impression any moment of that movie left on me. Like that one, I, I felt like I hadn't watched it when I walked out of watching it. No, I've like seen that's that fair movie because twice it's like it's an overload of information. Much. Like literally every X Men comic, where it's like yeah. we're gonna go back in time. Okay, we're gonna make like very five common... new timelines. Okay, and then like yeah. like we're gonna bring back Wolverine again. Okay, Thanks. yeah, v- very common problem with X Men. I think is, is yeah. that convolution. Same thing that uh, same reason they've never f- successfully made a good Fantastic Four movie is there's oh, just yeah. so much weird minutia going on in that story. Yeah, except like Marvel actually might get that back because the X Men, the the my bad, Fantastic Four movie did so bad that they're like, you know what? We don't find we find that we can't make any money on this property. It can't it can't because we're bad. We just can't make money on this property, so we'll just give it back to you. Kind of like that's yeah. what, kind of what they're discussing. See, just just do what a uh, Sony's doing Spider Man. Yeah, they just should. Do, I don't really care because Fox has the money for it. just give them the rights for the characters and make yeah. make a campy. Make a, just a dumb, campy Fantastic Four movie. Even? Because totally. the Fantastic Four aren't serious it's, superheroes. They've no, never it's been serious. Be dumb. No. It's Mole be Man. That, yeah, that, that, that campiness actually brings me... Uh, to bring this back to the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sorry. That's a big part of the reason why I say this is the best superhero film. Mm-hmm. Even though people are like, oh, but it's a, it's a silly kids movie. Like, the fact that it has a sense of humor makes it better. Because mm-hmm. when Fair it enough. stops to have an emotional moment... It actually feels emotional because A, you like the characters, and B, it hasn't been depressing all the fucking time. That, more than anything else, my biggest problem with Batman v Superman (laughs) is that it is a three-hour superhero movie that is never once fun or happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even, people forget that, like, even the Christopher Nolan series, which was good, but... I also kind of hate just because it started this trend of now everything has to be so gritty. Yeah. Yeah, like, it knew how to have fun and still be escapism. Like, The Dark Knight, the actual film The Dark Knight, Mm -hmm. starts with, you know, him beating up all those people in a parking lot, (laughs) cracking wise about the guy's hockey pads. Like, that scene is basically just... It's just there to be fun. It's yeah. just there because it's yeah. a superhero movie and you want a guilt-free action scene to some extent. Yeah, that's... Like, yeah. It, you gotta have those moments. The the depressingness, the, like, the not-funness yeah. of superhero movies, especially in the DC universe. Suicide Squad, that's... Like, what what everyone liked about the trailers was that it looked like it was having fun. It looked like it wasn't taking itself seriously. And then it does. And then it really does. Yeah. It's like the least funny comedy I've ever seen. Yeah, kind of. It, it's yeah. it's partially because that was supposed to be a dark movie, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, huh?" This like people like the like like the humor part more, so they completely like did a one eighty and did a lot of reshoots. And like honestly, even if like it would have been like I don't know, even if it would have been a darker film, I think they should have just like kept it the way it was because like I've never heard of a time where reshoots like actually made a film better. Honestly, no, like no. Especially to that extent where they completely change the tone. That's huge. Wait, you mean different. Wait, you mean that people don't go to superhero movies to be sad? Yeah, wait, I know. Yeah. Really? You mean what? that people go to superhero movies for escapism? Well, yeah. Esca- yeah, that's, that's a big word. That's one thing about like 
I kind of like I'm glad we're getting Spider-Man back because like this is the thing. Even if you like, even though like half the Spider-Man movies are actually pretty bad, like they're all fun. Even in yeah. like the bad moments, like Spider-Man Three, like I don't like that movie, but man, it was like it's kind of fun. It's it's fun. It's fun a hundred percent of the time though. Even the the cringy like I'm emo and I'm gonna be like cool now. It's like. That movie's honestly a, yeah. a fun movie to watch, even yeah. though it's yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah, and that's every Spider-Man movie, even Spider-Man Two, which is like my favorite one. It's like that's it's the still best one. Fun. It's still I, fun. I still like, think even... Three is like legitimately better, but yeah. you're oh, okay. Huh. I, I I also have very weird feelings about <laughs> Spider-Man Three. Mm-hmm. No, that's and fair. That's just fair. because of how I grew up with the comics and everything, I felt they did the best of what they could during the time yeah. of when that was getting yeah. made. Also, it could have been a lot worse. Also true that Spider-Man actually did a lot of good superhero things that a lot of people forgot about later on, yeah. but, like before like we had the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, so Spider-Man hit a lot of things mm-hmm. right, and it got it right like in a time when it was like still really yeah. weird for superhero movies yeah. to be around. Yeah, most certainly. But it's like, it's like a, another comparison, like Batman v Superman versus Civil War. Like mm. civil, like Civil War is arguably the darkest of the actual Marvel movies. Obviously, any of the Netflix shows are darker. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the thing is, like, it still gives you that thirty-minute scene where it's Team Iron Man fighting Team Captain America, and, it, yeah. and it's just fun. It's like, listen, we know what you came here for. You didn't come here for fake superhero politics. You came here because you want to see these characters you love beating the crap out of each other all at once. And then it's after great, that. Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, the final fight is more, like, quiet. It's more character-driven. Yeah. It's a little more brutal. That's fine, because you've earned, like, you've earned it. Yeah. Like, you've given us what we want to see. Batman v Superman, the 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 titular fight is not fun, and that's that's why mm-hmm. people came. Like, they wanted to see that the fight, and they wanted it to the be trailers. cool. They spoiled the entire plot in the trailer. <laughs> They wanted to see that fight. They wanted it to be cool movie. and fun. Instead, it's they it's, hit each other in a gray yeah. building for also, a bit, Batman and then and ba- then Batman, Martha happens. Yeah, Batman and throws then a Martha sink on happens. Superman's head, and then Martha. Martha, your mom's every name time was Martha. Every time I, every time I'm reminded of the Martha scene. That's another thing, like with Hitchhikers, where it's like, no, that didn't happen. They didn't really make the emotional climax of that movie. The fact that they both have the fucking mom named Martha. The yeah. they funniest didn't really do... scene and then in the I... entire, in the entire <laughs> then I'll like, DC universe. I'll like go back and watch it on YouTube, and it's like, no, that's still real, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because like the the worst thing about that is a better writer could have taken a version of that conversation, put it in a different context, and made it a really good character development point for both of them. It's like, I maybe this would sound the wrong way. I don't dislike the version of Batman that they chose to write for that. I think that's an interesting alternate version of Batman. If you want to make him someone who's a little more radical, who is okay with shooting people, because there are older like comics and stuff. Like the the not killing everyone thing was not always a Batman thing at all. And so if you want to make him a little more radical and make him have this conflict of not seeing Superman as human, a version of that conversation where he realizes, oh, this person grew up on Earth with a human mother in some certain way that makes him a little more similar to me than I thought. You could have done something with that, but no, instead they just shout the name in a church. <laughs> and then yeah. everything's See, friendship again. Okay, I don't know if See, that scene I will, is funnier I... or the scene where Superman dies by flying in with a kryptonite <laughs> spear is the funnier See, scene I'm... of that all, movie. All, all, all I minutes will... of Superman's Hilarious. Like, entire oh, scene God. in the movie. Yeah. Jay, I will respectfully uh, disagree with you that yeah. uh, you think that 
Batman killing was the right call there. And the reason I, yeah. is because if Superman is the first person he's he kills, which obviously he's not going to kill him, but like in that moment leading up to it, yeah. that would have been so much more dramatic. Okay, if that's it was fair. like, yeah. I hate you so much, yeah. I'm going to break my rule for you. Like not even works better than... Like no, you're right. Works actually, better than like, yeah. I've killed a hundred people in this movie so far also, I named and you're them just and another them with a bad yeah, thing yeah yeah you're right oh but wait you're oh but wait your mom's name is martha like fuck if i was a criminal in gotham city and, and batman was coming for me i'd be like martha and he'd be like Ugh. <laughs> yeah no i, I, think oh, I gotta recruit you for the justice league now darn <laughs> <laughs> you're in the justice oh, league God. now <laughs> welcome friendship <laughs> No, the, uh, the the radical Batman being cool thing, that was just more general. Like, I think that's an interesting alternative type of Batman to explore. I do agree, though. That, like, I'll give you that. that I think it was yeah. the wrong choice for a for Batman, Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah. I could yeah. ugh, I could see it being done, but again, it's just, it's so, like, gritty. It's yeah. so not, not fun it's and, not. like, not heroic. It makes Batman feel less like a hero. Yeah. And, and it's a shame because I think Ben Affleck could potentially... Be a really good. I don't Batman. hate Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't think me neither. Anything about his role, like his his performance, let's put it that way. His performance was bad. I feel like what they wrote for him was bad. It's kind of like my feeling with Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. It's like Andrew Garfield. I know he's a good actor. He, he's proven yeah. he's a good actor. They wrote a bad Peter and a bad Spider Man, and that's what I feel I, they did with mm-hmm. this. Now, I think I think Andrew Garfield played it really well. To as that he, side note, I, I, I really enjoyed how he played him. I yeah, think I he too, played Spider Man yeah. well. I do not think he played Peter Parker at well. well oh yeah, at no, all, I with what he agree. said. But I don't even think of like even with his acting as Peter Parker. I don't don't think he played well. Now his Spider Man, like his manners and everything. I think that part he did amazingly well. But I don't think he tried. I don't. It's not like he tried, but no, I, I don't think that he used as much as he could have even with the script as Peter Parker. Well, the problem with Lance, this has been a this has been no a really problems. good conversation, yeah. but it is it is an hour and fifteen minutes in. <laughs> I'm going to cut us off. When we come back, we will answer some audience questions. Cool. The Hayport Podcast is the official podcast of HayportPlayer.com, your one-stop shop for video game and pop culture, news, reviews, and editorials. If you like what you've heard here and you don't want to wait till next Wednesday to hear more, that's the place where you can read all of our writing and the full reviews of some of the games and films we've talked about on the show. You can also follow us at Hayport Player on Twitter or Facebook, and you can check out our YouTube channel, which is the home of my Second Opinion series of videos, Nathaniel's, uh, what was it, uh, Fallout Swamp, uh, Shrek's, Shrek's Fallout, Fallout Swamp, yeah. <laughs> series of videos, uh, as along with a whole host of Let's Plays features and reviews separate from the site proper. Uh, but first, Anthony Spivey, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Virtual Spivey on Twitter. I do a lot more tweeting now because I've gotten the app back on my phone where I talk about anime and ch- trying to find more pictures of the best girl from Demi-Chan. And that's all I do. I look for pictures of Demi-Chan, I tweet anime. That's all. We love you, Spivey. Nathan? Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Anyway... You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Blazer Hoodie, one word. Uh, that's where I'm the most respectable, I feel. <laughs> um, Tumblr is also cool, the same thing, cool. Blazer Hoodie. Uh, that's where my the epitome of my anime masochist tend- tendencies are. And you, I also have a professional website, which has nothing to do with anime and awfulness, NathanielTrenchin.com, and that's where my resume and my por- portfolio are. And that's where we're going to be putting the best of episode. <laughs> I <Yes>. can't wait. <laughs> Jay, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, a couple places. So uh, on Twitter, at Extreme Salsing, as always. 
Um, I am sort of doing a little side YouTube thing that's going to start up uh, a few days after this goes up. Obviously, I'm still doing everything with Hey Poor Player. I'm actually working with I on writing another episode of Second Opinion coming pretty soon. Um, but in the meantime, I had this one idea that originally I wanted to do as a Hey Poor Player thing, but due to the nature of it involving uh, ROM hacks in this case, it, I just didn't really fit for that because of what we can and can't do with Hey Poor Player as a mm-hmm. larger entity. So um, back over the summer, some friends and I on a whim started a, a channel called Gaming Victims Unit. That was just a dumb channel where we did some Let's Plays and stuff. Nothing really ever came with it. We just sort of did it for fun without any particular constrictions on what we played. We were just sort of doing it for laughs. Um, on there, I am going to be doing a... Because um, I am a one-note motherfucker who only talks about Pokemon. Uh, I'm going to be doing a Nuzlocke challenge of a interesting Pokemon hack uh, called Platinum Origin, which is basically a version of one of the DS Platinum games that completely... Um, completely expands the number of Pokemon available in the game. Like, every single thing, every ever, every single Pokemon ever created up to that point is catchable in that game, in this ROM hack, without trading, without having to connect to any older games. And so, um, a Nuzlocke challenge is basically hard mode, so I can only catch the first Pokemon on a route, and any time Pokemon faints in battle, I have to release it. It's dead to me. Um, and so I'm just going to be doing a weird little YouTube series on that for no real reason other than that. I just felt like it, uh, and it didn't really quite fit with Hey Poor Player, so I'm doing it on this little side channel. So you can check that out at Gaming Victims Unit, and you can also find a lot of videos of uh, me and a couple friends just screaming over different video games. I'm going to there have to look that up now. Yeah. Most of it's not good, you could f- but look at it anyway. Mm-hmm. You can find me at Last Space Marine on Twitter. That's where I post everything I do, so that's the best way to like keep up with me. Um, you can find me on the Hey Poor Player YouTube channel. I do a lot of stuff. I'm currently still working on getting the second part of the giant Half-Life Second Opinion two-parter up. Not sure when that will happen. It's, uh, it's a lot of work, but it's going to be really good, I hope. I think. I... I- yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I started a new podcast this week, so one episode of that will be up by the time you listen to this. That is Star Worst. You can find it at starworstcast.tumblr.com. It is a podcast about Star Wars, specifically about Star Wars The Clone Wars. And uh, check that out. I think it's going to be really good. It's kind of critical analysis and comedy. Um, it's more tightly written than this show, <laughs> which is just kind of stream of consciousness. So if that's your thing. Anyway, uh, we also have the Hey Poor Player forums, which you can find by clicking the link on our main site. And that's a great way for you guys to interact with us. Uh, it, so if you want to ask me more about the Lego Batman movie, because I have a lot more to say about that. Or you want to ask Nathan about some of the worst things he's wants to fuck. <laughs> uh, anything. Anything you want to ask us, uh, you can do that on the Hey Poor Player forums. And it's where you can ask questions that will get featured on the podcast. Like... Kenaness, participant on the Hey Poor Player forums, uh, asks, what's your guys' favorite TV show, live action and animated? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I think it's probably okay if you pick one or the other. Yeah. Uh, my favorite television show, hands down, and it's it's kind of a predictable answer, I think, but is Breaking Bad. Hell yeah. Um, I, like, I've talked about before how my favorite movies uh, are ones that I, like, can watch over and over and get more from. Breaking Bad is great for that. Mm-hmm. It's also just one of the, like, best acted and just most tightly written shows I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, Breaking Bad is my favorite. Uh, my favorite animated show is Gravity Falls. Oh. Hmm. Because I also think it's very, like, I really like shows that have a continuity like that show does. Um, and comedy horror is just my favorite genre of anything basically ever. So yeah, Gravity Falls is neat. That's a, uh, that's, that's a good time for anyone who enjoys kind of smarter, uh, more recent animated stuff. 
yeah. I'll definitely second you on that. I, I think for me, I, I'm actually also definitely with you on Breaking Bad uh, to the point where uh, Francis DiPercio, our editor-in-chief, I actually got him and his wife to start watching it back in the day, um, back when it like first finished. Um, other than that, and, and I'm totally with you, Like it's a show where every time I watch through it, I notice different things. I focus on different things. I have thought and talked so much about like the structure of that show and the, yeah. the way... like. It is a six-season show that, in my mind, kind of works in three acts. Like, like it is three general acts yeah. to it. I, well, no, I, I, hmm. I, like, I've, I've often said that really Breaking Bad isn't a television show. Breaking Bad is a sixty-hour film. I, I think it's a sixty-hour tr- hour trilogy. I would go so far as to argue that maybe there's too much to boil it down to one long film in terms of that like act structure and stuff but it's but one I, I it's one yeah. continuous it's one continuous story. very much so very much so really just ah oh, so much cool writing it even does a thing where um you know how like there, there's the there's the stereotype of the oh characters trapped in a room together episode of a show that's often like yeah just a bottle a, a bottle yeah, episode. yeah yeah that's yeah. often just a filler episode the bottle episode of breaking bad fly is in my opinion one of the best episodes of that whole show because of what they do with the characters who are confined in that space and the things they have not talked about up until that point. Like, like, uh, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll agree. Th- that is, although my, my personal favorite and again, obvious, but Ozymandias really okay. is. Okay. I was going to guess either that or uh, train job, which is one of my other favorites. Um, but interesting. Ozymandias is absolutely, I think it's the best. I, and I'm so excited that the guy who directed that is the director for episode eight. I have, I have high hopes. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. That is the same person. He also did, um, I forget the name. He's done a couple movies people liked a lot too, but um, and he di- and he directed Fly as yeah, well. Yeah, okay, that was also Ryan Johnson. Uh, and then and he did uh, the movie he did was Looper, that's which it. I also really like. Never seen Looper, even though I know like it's 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 controversial. Definitely. Like people like it or really don't like it. I like it. Yeah, I saw, I saw the movie he did after Looper, which I liked a lot. But uh, that's that's a side digression. Um, speaking of J.J. Abrams related things though, because um, that's a thing. I actually, my parents and I used to watch Lost all the time, and I will not say all of Lost is one of my favorite shows. I will say the first three seasons of Lost would constitute one of my favorite shows. I think it loses everything after that point, but um, at the time, that was a show that, like, constructed grander-scaled mysteries in a way I hadn't been exposed to before. When, when I watched it at the time, I was I was a young teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just for being in the right place at the right time, Lost will always stick with me. The good, The earlier seasons of Lost will always stick with me. Uh... Then for animated stuff, I know I talk about them all the time, but Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. I, yeah. I think Korra, Korra over Airbender for me at the end of the day, just because I think Korra at its lowest is lower than Airbender at its lowest, but Korra at its highest is miles above Airbender at its highest for me. Um, I slightly disagree, but only with, I think, even the lowest of Korra is still mid-tier where Avatar was. Okay. Just okay, because I, I have I've been thinking about it, I still think season two. Overall, besides the quality of the show itself, due to the fact they switched yeah. studios, that, yeah, I still that was the think it's there. one of my favorite. Actually, I think it's better than the first season overall. Yeah, but yeah. that's just Co- me. So, Le- Legend of Korra for me is also above because it got me to like respect visually well directed action in way in like the most noticeable in my face way I ever had or or have in a long time at least. Those shows are really cool. I'm gonna stop talking now. All right, Nathan. Okay, so um, I can't think of my favorite live-action show off the top of my head, but, like, so I'm just going to say, like, two animated things that I really like, and I'm just going to do it really quick. Um, First thing is uh, 
Spectacular Spider-Man, and I don't know if oh, anyone's yeah. watched that. Okay, I, okay I've so seen some is. of that. Hell, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on this. Yeah, and like here's the thing: animated Spider-Man is loved. A lot of it isn't good though, and I mean like <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man, original animated Spider-Man, but uh, Spectacular Spider-Man is the most faithful to the comics in a certain sense. But it's also like just a really well-written show that has that's like each season is an arc. Peter gets development. All the side characters are actually characters that are really well done. And then, like, the like the animation and the art is really simple. But, like, the art being simple makes it that, like, they can do action scenes on a budget much better. So, yeah, Spectacular Spider-Man's, like, honestly the best Spider-Man animated thing ever. I would recommend that to anyone who's a comic book fan or even just a Spider-Man fan. And second I'm thing is also that, with yeah. superheroes is my favorite anime probably ever now, which is weird because it only came out last year. It's uh, Boku no Hero Academia. Yes. Oh, that's I've been wanting to watch this. It's yeah. so good. It, like everything I hate about Shonen's typically in my life because I'm not a big Shonen guy. I don't like Naruto that much. I like One Piece. It I, I hate Bleach, but um, essentially like it's it 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 has good pacing. Shonen's have bad pacing. There are a million episodes. Hero Academia went through like three arcs in like twelve episodes, and it's freaking really good. Also, like I feel like a lot of like the love I have for the show, like the immense love I have for the show, comes from like. Deku Izuku Midoriya like the main character like he reminds me so much of me from when I was like 14 like that age like just being super awkward and like really low self-esteem and like yeah. even like his like rival the guy, this guy who bullies him all the time reminds me so much <laughs> of my best friend who also <laughs> bullied me when we were kids and then we got into a fight and then we became best friends so literally like yeah. Vegeta and Goku and I've, I've, I've watched the first couple episodes of this and I've really wanted to watch more because I noticed so much like for a show about a world where there's big flashy superheroes all over the place, that kid is, like, one of the most human younger protagonists I've seen in anime in a long time. In a, like, shonen anime like that. Just in terms of, like, oh, this was me. This was kids I knew in, in odd ways. Yeah, like, that's why I absolutely love it. He's pretty much, like, a self-winster for me. Like, he's this nerdy kid who, like, loves superheroes. He, like, has a bunch of toys in his room. He gets bullied all the time. Like, I love it. It's great. I love Hero Academia. Yeah. So, like, those two shows are things I would recommend people watching. So, I've been following the manga of Hero Academia. I'm, I'm a big shonen guy. Uh, not really with the big three, but in general. It only gets better. And, Agreed. Uh, I've been reading it, and it's fantastic. It I'm, just, I'm caught mm. up. Um, what Shonen Jump's been doing a lot recent, more recently, which I appreciate, um, especially with this and uh, Shogeki no Soma, is they're doing seasons, or they're only giving out like 20 episodes apart so they can be well-paced, and unlike Naruto, where it's like at 600-something episodes now. Because they have to catch up and then fillers, yeah. Yeah, they don't have to do fillers anymore, which makes it so much better. So uh, there is a second season coming out this year of Boku. Yep, uh, April. And I'm I'm super hyped yep. for it. Awesome. All right, uh, I guess I can talk about mine if you're done. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. All right, so I got three shows because I always flip-flop in between the animated stuff. Uh, but for live action, it's uh, 30 Rock, um, oh, yeah. which is the Tina Fey made show uh, from 2006 mm -hmm. to 12. It's one of the smartest and well-written comedies I've seen. Um, I'm always into like the sort of slash absurdist humor while also getting into the main point of the plot and the story arcs and what they're mm -hmm. trying to convey within their own stories. And I've also been a big SNL fan, and the fact that that show has both a parody as well as a continuation of like if SNL was an actual show, especially with the nice. early, earlier seasons. So I've that's really my favorite live action is Thirty Rock. Um, in terms of animation, um, it's either between of Madoka Magica and Evangelion, mm -hmm. which are the two yeah. obvious choices <laughs> for a lot of people. But that's right. also for uh, 
And then, uh, but that's also just because of how well written and how amazing those shows are. Eva, in particular, mm-hmm. I've honestly spent probably a good third, uh, about a week of my life, honestly, just researching everything that goes on in that show. I, just I've done of how about much that much too, yeah. Done in that and everything. Uh, Madoka mm-hmm. Magica, a little less so, but I prefer that show just due to the source material as well as everything <laughs> else. Uh, Genarabuchi, the main writer of the show is uh, quickly becoming, like, one of my favorite writers of all time. He worked on uh, that. He worked on Song of Sai. I've always talked about that, as well as a Common Rider Gaim, which I'm currently also rewatching, which is a... which is a children's uh, uh, Tokyo show, kind of like the Power Rangers Super Sentai, and then it gets super dark around a third of it. Mm-hmm. Like, where they just straight-up mm-hmm. murder characters, and it, the series just goes on just goes on much better for that. And for a children's yeah. show... That isn't English. That would be what I would recommend to a lot of kids, just you know to learn what? about how their choices in life affect everybody else. You know what, Spivey? Thank you for mentioning Evangelion because I actually got into that around the same time I got into Lost, and so I think those <sighs> two shows. Been a trip. <laughs> I, I know, no, but those those two shows in different ways, I think, very much informed the way I think about certain types of stories and like structures of storytelling. Because yeah, Evangelion is a show. You can watch every time and get something different out of it. You can research for a week, like you said. There's a lot in there. So that's a good honorable mention. No, so it's it's awesome. And it's it's not very well worded right now, but I'm tired. I've been I've slept like three hours in the past two days, so which <laughs> No, it's it's fine. So, that's but, right. uh, we, those, we, we have, yeah. those are my two favorite uh, anime That's where shows. the good episodes come from is sleep deprivation then, <laughs> or me being determined. And then Jay mentioned my favorite uh, American show, which was Korra, so yeah, yeah, and I I agree with him on pretty much all points there. I bought the complete series, and I'm slowly making that. my way through that. I gotta do that. Yeah, so. There you go. Uh, our dear friend Smanch Boy Five Thousand is back at it again. <laughs> what a good boy. name. Uh, <laughs> Smanch Boy uh, Five Thousand asks: Do you think that the MMORPG genre of games has a future, or is its slow death inevitable? Due to the rise in popularity of the MOBA and arena Ooh, shooter, boy. why do you think the genre is dying in the first place? Okay, I have a lot to say dying. about this. I don't think yeah. it's dying. I, yeah, I don't. I, I think it's definitely less popular. I, I think you're going to see different things get more and less popular over time, and that stuff's constantly in fluctuation. I don't think anything's going to die anytime soon. Uh, yeah, the here's fact the thing is... we have to realize that like people are like MOBAs and arena shooters are like the thing. Like this is the thing though. Like that they they're going through the same thing that MMOs did. Back in like when WoW came out, it's like there's gonna yeah. be like this huge popularity. Right. Everyone's gonna make one, and then it eventually it's like it's just gonna like you're gonna see less and less of it because there's so many out. There's just gonna be like an abundance of it that like it just saturates the market. So I don't think MMOs are gonna die. I just think that like we're gonna see less and less of like the standardized MMO that World of Warcraft created back in 2004. But we're gonna get like some weird new stuff. I think. I think this. I think we're just gonna see less of it too because. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say we're already seeing that. Like, what's the, uh, like, Warframe, to some extent, Yeah, feels more different than a lot of... I, I didn't play a ton of Warframe, but, like, it, it seems like that's something that's a little more different. Yeah, also, as um, long as, like... I, I think you're right. Oh, yeah, also, as long as, like, there's a market for it in Asia, MMORPGs are never going to die. Like, th- mm, it's such a huge yeah. market in, like, South yeah. Korea, especially. Yeah, like, le- let's be clear, especially World of Warcraft will probably never die yeah. just because like yeah. blizzard fans are blizzard well, fans for I, life what i was gonna say is also um even though everyone says oh they're dying look at the subscriber base watch what happens immediately after an expansion comes they go back up to the same numbers they yeah. were recently that's just what mmos are they play for months at a time until they complete it and usually it takes what two years for a uh, world of warcraft expansion to come out usually 
something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, it's yeah like so like after the first year, yeah, the numbers are going to drop because they eventually beat everything. And then uh, same thing with what's happening with uh, that I've seen with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is they're gearing up for that big expansion that's supposed to yeah. come out this year. Yeah. And their numbers have, of course, dropped a little bit. But as soon as the next patch comes out, or the next, I guarantee it's going to go right back up because... Yeah, yeah that's what people do. Genres. Like, it's only, like, hardcore raiders who like, and, like, PvPers who, like, stay consistently subscribed. But, like, people, like, you know, people unsubscribe for, like, you know, until the patch or the expansion comes out. So, like, yeah, it is what it is. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of that business and that type of game. Because we've been seeing MMOs yeah. are dying out since like 10, 2010, and then Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV, yes. both times it came out, did amazingly well. It's just that the first yeah. time it came out, they lost everything because it was an awful game. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. But it, they still, Final Fantasy XI still technically pl- getting enough people to play that it still has servers, so it's not I, dying I, out I anytime play it time, soon. I time when it's like yeah, free weekend. <laughs> but still, but that's my whole thing, is that it's still being played. Like, RuneScape is still... I, I I Not live with much, two people who yes. play RuneScape actively. Like I why? I don't know. They like it. I I, I don't know. It, it, I will come. Can you move in with middle schoolers from 2006? No, no. Okay, you know what's funny? Not only do I live with all two the middle people... school boys, Jay is kidnapped and trapped in his basement. Oh, dozens. Um, not, not only do I live with two people who play RuneScape. Last night I went out to get takeout and I uh, I went to this little sandwich place and there was a guy on his laptop eating a shawarma and playing RuneScape at this sandwich place. <laughs> That person was definitely like an angel or pro- like some he kind did not of look angelic. ethereal being. That person was an alien that took over somebody's body <laughs> yeah, was trying to yeah, understand there, there what go. it was. But his own his last transmission to learn what Earth culture was was in the mid 2000s. <laughs> was RuneScape. <laughs> yeah. But no, like you know, I'll come home and find yeah, Pixels uh, 2 is shaping up to be pretty good. Yeah, dude. I'll find I'll come home to find them just sitting like watching Kitchen Nightmares and playing RuneScape. I'm like, oh, "All right, I'm not going to judge you for that." You should have you should show them yeah, to the I'm, next Big MMO Adventure Quests 3D. Oh god! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, what a train wreck! The oh, 30 man. minutes I put in that was. Oh boy. But yeah, no, I I don't think the MMO RPGs are dying. I think they've just like they've kind of fallen out of the mainstream. Yeah. But I think they've definitely found their comfortable niche, and it's not even that small of a niche. Um, in fact, if anything, I would say that we're starting to see the death of MOBAs a little bit. Like, yeah, kind of. You know, we had things like oh, Infinite yeah. Crisis and a few other games of that type going under. Smite is not doing as well. Like, I think, like, like League of Legends and Dota 2 will still be around. Oh, definitely, but, definitely. You know, like, I think we're, yeah. Um, Phoenix Blaze PB uh, get, got out their thesaurus and wrote, do you believe there is a complexity threshold in the plot and or universe of a game that eventually serves to diminish the experience of the player? If so, what may be a method you would suggest to optimize universe nuance and player experience? Uh, me stupid Perhaps there game may also be some uh, me no understand. Hang on. <laughs> Perhaps there may also be some sort of silver lining to the complexity? Yeah, I mean, like, you don't gotta, you don't gotta, have you listened to this show? You don't gotta impress us, like, um, but I, I think, yeah, so the question basically is, can the plot or world building of a game become so complex that it is less fun? Final Fantasy Thirteen. How do you avoid that? Don't put a, yeah, right? Don't put a dictionary in your game to make me understand your plot points. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of JRPGs do this, yeah. I mean, it kind of just comes down to... uh, there's no yes or no answer to this, I don't think. It comes down to what you go to games for. Like, like that—that that is a very broad answer, but that, I think, is what it comes down to. Like, 
some people get drawn in by that stuff. Some people, like, you will find people who went, oh man, I need a dictionary to understand this game. I need the wiki open in another tab. Hell yeah. Like, there are people who that is part of the experience for them. There are people who that is very much not the part of the experience for them. You will find people who, like, there, there's a reason games like Gone Home have been mocked by some players as, like, you know, quote-unquote walking simulators because depending on what you look for when you go to play games, you don't give two-tenths of a rat's ass about that. Like, it's just not what you're there for. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Well, well, oh, there's yeah, a thing that I feel about this, and uh, which is why, like, when I mentioned Eva previously, there's yeah. a difference in between understanding a whole plot. You don't need to understand everything. Like, when I first watched Eva years ago, I understood what it was about when I first watched it. And then yeah. when you look into it later, that's the whole thing. Don't make your plot yeah. so convoluted that you don't understand what it's supposed to be telling you within the first time you go through it. Yeah, I think that's, that's my, my thing, thing with complexity. Like, okay, here's the thing. Like, I don't, I'm not saying, like, a game has to, like, feed you everything, but what I'm saying is, like, you can actually make something really intricate and good by doing less. You don't actually need, like, an entire wiki-style thing. I agree. Thing yeah. with, like, like yeah. here's a good example is Bloodborne. Like, Bloodborne has this entire mm-hmm. lore and plot about, like, how the entire yeah. world is run by these weird, like, cults that like worship aliens and they're aliens like they're not magical they're aliens and the reason why everyone is crazy is because these aliens are controlling everyone and that's in the game but you don't they don't like feed you that they like you you play the game and then you fight an alien that's how you know there's aliens everywhere and like that's cool like and i i do think complexity like to an extent kind of ruins certain games if they like go too far with it because you don't need like a wiki style sort of weird universe building to make something interesting you could just put it like that's the thing about games it's showing not telling yeah. you don't have mm-hmm. to do that like i'm not saying complex universes are bad i'm just saying mm-hmm. there's a level of like complexity that is kind of overbearing and much like even games with like extended lore like the elder scrolls doesn't like shove everything up your face and if it's, you do want to read it you, you can just pick it. up every book you know yeah exactly it's there if you want it but yeah. you don't need it yeah no, th- yeah, that's definitely my favorite is something like, I know I brought this up before, one of my favorite, like, universes that games take place in is Warhammer 40k, mm-hmm. and the thing about that is that I can explain it real easy, it's like this, fantasy races are in space and they all hate each other, <laughs> like, there's, and then you get it, like, elves, orcs, humans, like, that's enough to enjoy the Warhammer 40k experience. Now, there's a lot of really deep, in my opinion, really interesting lore behind that, but you don't need that to get, yeah. to get it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I and I'm glad Spivey as well that you brought up Final Fantasy because I think that's a really good example. Like Final Fantasy 13 did badly, it, at least critically, even to a certain extent commercially. I think because it was like so convoluted, it was so, you know, it was so it was impossible to parse if you didn't know like everything about Final Fantasy. And then you have Final Fantasy 15, which you know has a fairly complex plot but it's like its emotional core, its focus is yeah. these four beautiful balls, <laughs> beautiful, um, mm. and like. I have a I have a friend recently who's been uh, playing fan- Final Fantasy 15. He he actually bought it after listening to you guys talk about it on the podcast, oh, nice. Jay and Nathan. Cool. So, um, and like he got into it and he's having a great time. He doesn't know anything about Final Fantasy. He's barely a gamer in the sense of like you know the we're we're like gamers, you know. <laughs> um, but he's enjoying it because you know it it he like it introduces these four characters and they're they're the heart of it and so it's a lot more accessible and so i'd say in general especially if you wanted to have mass appeal it's better to err on the side of simple 
But Jay's right that some people do prefer yeah. that that much more complex yeah. world. And, and and regardless of the complexity of your world, I think so much of that has to do with the uh, the lens you tell that through. Like exactly. Final Fantasy fifteen. I, I like Final Fantasy fifteen a lot. My one problem with that game's presentation in terms of its story is um there there are moments where it cuts away from the main characters where it really doesn't feel like you needed to in order to tell of that development with the same exact amount of punch. Like um I'm gonna slightly spoil something from very early in the game. It's it's the moment it's the moment where Noctis finds out that his father is dead and that the kingdom's been taken mm-hmm. down early on. There is a scene right before he finds out about it that is from the movie they made tying into the game where it's the king fighting against people. It's all the stuff happening in the city where Noctis is not, where the main characters are not. And then you have this really interesting scene where the main characters find out about it. And I feel like you could have that without the other scene and do just as well at telling that story from right, yeah. his view. Um, one of the reasons Xenoblade Chronicles is one of my favorite RPGs of all time is that it does an excellent job of telling a much grander story that you know is grander because the whole the whole premise of that game is like, you learn at the beginning that the world you are playing a game in is literally built on the back of two gigantic dead titans that are just impossibly large and have like mountains built on their shoulders and stuff like that. And you want mm-hmm. it, you know, there's got to be a bigger story and you find out that story, but you play the game through the lens of this group of characters who have a very simple goal. Like at the beginning of that game, just at the beginning of Xenoblade Chronicles, it's two friends who are mad that their friend got killed, and so they're out to take revenge for their, their friend who they watched die in front of them. It's very simple. And then through that simple lens of these just kids going on this kind of revenge quest, a lot more bigger stuff develops. And I think if you find the right balance of lens versus broader world, then that's you've got it. Like That's, that's the best you can do. Mm-hmm. I would also say that... Um, I think there's a problem with a lot of people, like, in criticism. Complexity doesn't equal depth. No. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, the the quintessential example of this for me is Homestuck, which <laughs> I don't hate. Like, I don't – I really yeah. don't. I don't hate Homestuck. Yeah. And, like, if you like Homestuck, power to you. Yeah. But I've I've often argued that that's, that story is not as, like, deep. It doesn't have as many layers to it as some people – argue Mm -hmm. and the response you get to that inevitably is somebody pointing out like the word count of it and it's like yeah it's really confusing and there's a lot of stuff that happens that doesn't necessarily mean it's like it's yeah exactly really like it's meaningful or it's well written yeah comic books Um, are an example of that too like there's so much like lore in comic books oh god yes no but here's the thing comic books are inherently stupid like yeah i I love comic books yeah books are inherently stupid like yeah yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of world changing events and you can read up on everything little thing there's a lot of word count but it's not in it's not like deep or anything it's literally just like people in tights killing each other all the time because they're petty like that's literally it Exactly. And a good, a good, um, like I, I'm actually very much, I, I, as someone who used to love Homestuck, I'm very much with you on that. I think a good, um, inversion of that too is, um, if you want to look at movies, Mad Max Fury Road a couple years ago, that is a movie with a very simple story that has a lot of depth behind it. It is like yeah. the most simple journey and then turn around in its own very just easy to understand story that has so much depth in any of the kind of few dialogue lines or just actions that occur like that's a really good counter example to that mm-hmm. yeah or the world's end i brought up before mm. probably yeah. my favorite movie it's it's two hours long and every single time i've watched the world's end i have seen something different in that 
Birdman's yeah. another good example. Like, Definitely. But, like, The World's End for me, it's, like, at heart, it's a dumb comedy. But every single time I see that movie, I see something else in it to the point that, like, I cannot believe that, like, a human being wrote that, like there's so much depth to it you feel like it must have taken a decade to write all of it into it or something like that um at, and that's that's two hours like homestuck has a million billion jillion words and it doesn't have that much like you can find <laughs> something that in it every time yeah. uh we have one final question uh and it's a short one um and it's also what we've answered before so i think we'll just kind of go around and and hit it and then we'll move on to the news justin lasola on twitter asks what are your smash brothers mains uh, the Smash Brothers game I play the most is Project M, and my main in that is Game & Watch. Nice. Uh, I do Lucario in Project M. I also do... Now it's either Lucario or Corrin in uh, 4, unless it's singles, in which case it's Corrin or Greninja. Nathan? Oh, me. Okay. Um. So, I guess... I'll just go from the ones I actually played. Uh, Melee, it, it was Jigglypuff. In Brawl, it <laughs> nice. was Falco. And Marth in uh, Project M, which I didn't play too much of, but I kind of dabbled in. I played Snake because I'm dirty like that. And, <laughs> Do and them dirty Smash... in front of they dead. <laughs> and in Smash 4, um, I played... My mains are Ness and Marth. I like Jigglypuff, but they just don't <clears throat> like Jigglypuff anymore. Like, they hate Jigglypuff. They just want to make her the worst character. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Pikachu from Melee to four, and then uh, and f- I played a little bit of Lucario also in Brawl. I never played much of Project M, and then uh, and four it's Pikachu, a little bit of Lucario, but mostly Robin now. That mm, when I play Robin's it in Princess, yeah, I, I like the complexity, and I don't like Corn as much, even though it, they are better characters than Corn. Yeah, Corn. Corn described surprised me a lot. I didn't expect to ever play as Corin, and that's been my main since that DLC came out. Like, and then uh, I occasionally play with Cloud because I know it makes a friend mad because <laughs> Cloud has no mm-hmm. right to be in a Smash Brothers game. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, Cloud's the only game so has been uh, my problem. on. Well, Cloud is also the only game he's been on Nintendo platform was Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Yeah, <laughs> nothing else. I, I guess if we are talking about every game, I will also say uh, Melee is Fox, because I'm a tryhard, I guess. Uh, and I then and then 4 is uh, Shulk. Shulk is uh, really good in 4 as well. Please yeah. tell Shulk. me only play with shirtless Shulk. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, fine, Absol- yeah, only way there to play is no Shulk. other. Please, like, what do you why, for? why is that not the default outfit, I, honestly? I, I love that that's <laughs> in the game. The, the whole reason that's a thing is because in Xenoblade, you can, like, there are outfits that you will get that just leave parts of their body naked for no reason. Like, one of the, be- one of the best armor sets for one character is just a bikini. Like, it's a bikini and shorts, and so you have this one guy with giant armor, then you have Shulk shirtless, and then you have this girl with a bikini. It's beautiful. The thing about Shulk is that he's good enough that I can win, I'd say, a fair amount of the time, despite not mm-hmm. being great at Smash. Um, but then, even if I'm not winning, I can just annoy my opponents Spam. so much they feel like they've lost with, I'm really feeling it! Backslash! Backslash! Asslash! <laughs> Alright, when we come back, the news will happen. It will that's do a, the news That's a transition. That is technically a transition. Good job. All right, so the first story I want to talk about this week, I don't think we'll have a lot to say about it. I just 
I just kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, and it's my show, so what are you going to do? You're, you're basically you're basically trapped here. Basically uh, no, so um, slaves. <laughs> the first game oh, I actually like reviewed, technically a preview, but you know, for Hey Poor Player was a game called Smash and Grab, and it was in early access, and I didn't love it. Uh, I think it was like a three point five, basically. But um, I I thought it could grow into something really really good. Um, and so I've been keeping an eye on it, and uh, they've they've shut it down. Uh, it was a oh, game no. by United Front Games, uh, which it's been rumored that that company's going to shut down. And uh, they've said that they're not going to develop or support it anymore. And so everyone on Steam, like if you have it on Steam, you can request a refund no matter how long you've played it. So that's disappointing to me. They're not very united now, are they? Hey! Rip. Da, 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 da. I'm not funny. Yeah, <laughs> not I don't think there's. Any... That's why we're all on a podcast together. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> think there's. Very true. I don't think there's anything to say about that other than this is a game I thought had a chance to be really good, and now it never will. That's sad. That's yeah. sad. Our top story this week is uh, Steam Direct. So, mm-hmm. yes. I... Ooh, okay. I'm gonna present the news as unbiased as I can, and then I'm going to like scream about Do it. it um but so here's the story uh steam of course it used to be that uh, if you were an indie developer and you wanted to get your game on steam you could do it through steam Greenlight, uh a platform where first you had to stump up a hundred dollars just mm-hmm. to show you were serious they gave that money to child's play charity and then you could upload as many games as you want and people would vote on whether or not you could uh, uh, on whether or not they want to see that game on the store. Now, that process was broken in ways that we've talked about so much, like, just really bad. Um, so Valve is finally announcing that they are... Repl- or they're announcing that they're finally replacing it with Steam Direct, which uh, the way that's going to work is that for every game you want to get on Steam, you will have to pay a fee, and that fee is going to be between... $100 to $5,000 with uh, with several sources suggesting it's going to be closer to the $5,000 price. Um, they've said that that cost is recoupable, but they've not said how. So recoupable could mean that, like, that price, they take that price out of your sales. Uh, they take that fee out of your sales or that you pay it and then they, like, give it back to you through your sales by with not taking steam's cut that could mean that after your game gets up they just straight up you know give you back that money as a check um steam themselves valve themselves i should say has said that they don't know how that's going to work yet which seems how? again with why the would fact- you announce it hang on hang on hang anything. on no 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 just let me finish you're right you're so right um oh, man but yeah, so they don't know what the fee is going to be. They oh, say geez. they're going to recoup it, but they don't know how. Um, but basically, you're going to pay the probably much more outlandish fee, and then there there will be no voting, and basically your game will just will just get on Steam then. Uh, so that's Steam Direct. Now, now let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. I fuck you, Valve. <laughs> Fuck you. I have been wanting so long. I've been, like, ugh, how many different articles and things have I written since I got on Hey Poor Player or back at Gamer Syndrome about how Greenlight was bad and how Greenlight needed to not exist anymore and yeah. Valve needed to clean up its act and Steam needed to do better. And this, this is, you, you made it worse. 
They Valve, made it worse. Valve literally got like a chart that says how to make worse. <laughs> it, it's the hold Steve, my beer question, meme. Question mark, question mark, profit. Yeah. Come on, Valve, you, you can't get worse than this. Hold my beer. Like, it's, it's, oh, Jesus. Shitty games, which is the biggest problem with, the biggest problem with Greenlight is that yes. shitty games were getting on because Valve had no quality control no and it was process. really, it was really easy to buy votes. In yeah. fact, there were these uh, companies that were forming and they were specifically like, if you give your game to us, like, on Greenlight, we will basically do marketing for it, but the marketing is, is vote buying. Like, there were several groups that did that. Um, and that will still be a thing because those groups will have the money to just buy their way onto Steam Direct. So, like, all the shitty joke games, all the all the potato thrillers and all the slaughtering grounds, those are still going to be there. Meanwhile, it, you know, indie devs who are good or who are serious about it but just don't have $5,000, the Toby holy Foxes of the world. shit... Yeah. You know, those are going to be completely denied. It's it's arguably even less quality control because at least during Steam Greenlight, ostensibly, people were looking at it and deciding whether or not it looked good. So basically, we're going to get a lot more Kickstarter saying, help me Greenlight yeah. this or put this Exactly. Game people are going to just be crowdfunding the Steam fee. Which is not going to charity now. That's the other thing. Fuck you for that. Instead of giving the money to Child's Play Charity, Steam's just going to be keeping this fee, which may or may not be recoupable in some may or may not way that may or may not exist. This sucks. It's, yeah, no, it's an absolute mess. I I, I don't even know what to say about it other than that it's absurd because its absurdness is so magnified that I can't believe it's real. Like, yeah, I, like... Here's my only thing. I I think we're all gonna like say like we're all gonna come to the same conclusion, same thing. But like mm. I think like my only mm. problem with this is like literally if Steam just like spent more on quality control, none any every problem that, exactly like, with like this Greenlight would have been gone. Is... Any problem with this would have been gone. Just like just hired twenty people this to look at the game. That's problem it. To like twenty like, people. It's not bad. Yeah. The yeah. only problem with Greenlight, they literally they could fix every problem with Greenlight if they just had a team of like 10 people to yeah. look at all the green light submissions and go this is obvious crap was that like literally one guy? all the yeah. because otherwise the gr- like green light is a good idea like letting sure. people vote on the games they want to see like the Absolutely. fact that it was the fact that it was such a low barrier to entry to get on steam storefront is a super cool idea yeah. it let games like the stanley parable happen or undertale which was yeah. a one it, Undertale wouldn't have happened without Steam Greenlight. Stardew it was Valley. Just, it was just one guy literally programming Dan's basement. Stardew mm-hmm. Valley. Like, good things have come from Greenlight. The only problem is you need to make sure the only good th- that only good things are coming. And, like, fuck, Jim Sterling, right, goes through Greenlight and picks out all of the worst games and features them on his YouTube channel, and he's one guy doing other things. I can't imagine it would take a big team. <laughs> To just look at it and be like, oh, this is... Ugh. It wouldn't, because like even yeah. if it's like they don't find every bad game. like 10 people is enough to find a lot of the majority of crap, because it's not hard to find what is crappy. It's really like blatantly obvious what is like yeah. kind of clickbaity, crappy games. <laughs> yeah. The question in my mind now after this is, what will the reaction from those dedicated smaller indie devs be? Will we see people going on to other alternative... PC game hosting services more often? Will we see people trying to start new ones? Like, 
how is that reaction going to unfold? That's well, what I'm really here's the thing. About. Itch, like, there are other options. Like, yeah. itch.io, I expect we'll be seeing more and more from itch.io. It's already sort of, like, rising to prominence. And they tweeted something out that was, like, itch.io direct. They were announcing that when you clicked on it. It was, like, you can just... Uh, upload your game automatically the way it's always been forever you know they kind of did like sony making fun of the xbox (laughs) one but at the same time the audience like i think eventually the audience is going to leave steam if they keep screwing customers over it will happen eventually but it's gonna be slow yeah well because like the problem with Steam right and now that, isn't so much that Steam's like good; it's just that there's no alternative for Steam right exactly. now. That's not viable. on the same scale. It's not even yeah. like the, the, it's like Steam has a mar- like like a majority in the market because it's the only thing that's actually viable in the market. Like you play Origin, like that's not that's nothing, you know. Yeah, the problem the problem with Steam is that that's where like if you're a developer, Steam is where the audience is for PC games. Exactly. Like you can do okay on itch.io and and things like that. Like. I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that GOG's service, GOG.com's uh, GOG Galaxy, is is Steam but better because mm. they have that quality control. And that's another thing. Love GOG. GOG is a small, practically like an indie company. You yeah, know? they're real little. Yeah. And yet they are doing this quality control. They rolled out their early access program and they like showed this is how we're going to vet each game in early access. Like... To anyone. And, and they've been doing it. Like if you get if you get an early access game on GOG, you know at the very least it's a functional product. Yeah. Like, and if they can do that, Valve can do that. They're just they're lazy and they want to make five thousand dollars per game. Like yep. straight up, this just this Ridiculous. makes more money for them. Yeah, that's is, the that's only reason is. they're doing this. It doesn't yeah. fix anything. It arguably will make things worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Like, no, this this helps nobody. <laughs> yeah, and like the thing is, is like. Even console manufacturers and like Sony and Microsoft, they're doing indie programs that are like, yeah, like we used to praise Steam because like you know this is where the indies go because like now like we can get games like this. It's yeah. like if they're being like this like you know stingy and shit. Like it just makes like all like you know like Xbox and Mark- and Sony's like initiatives to get indie studios to make games for them like even more tantalizing. And like it's not like those are small markets. If anything, consoles are still a really big thing. You know. Hmm. So I think it's like how did you make Steam it worse, that. Steam? How did you make it worse, Steam? Yeah, no. How did you Fuck. make this worse? Like I, I, Steam is just a conundrum of a of a company. There's also talk that they are working on Valve is like working actively on new games again, more often, more like more centrally than before. So maybe it's a thing of just quality control less than ever being something they want to fucking deal with. Which is not a good excuse. Do, 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 no. Do, do, do. Yeah, anything, that's, that's the thing. That's their own fault, though, because like if they're gonna make games, yeah. then like oh, exactly. Like here's the thing. It's like you guys made the excuse you're not making games because we have to like. And the thing is, like, they can't even use the excuse like, oh, because we run Steam and CS:GO and Dota. It's like no, you don't. All those games that you guys produce, like that you like published, those you don't even run those. Like the the companies run those. Like you don't like ha- you just like take the money from them, but you don't like. You're not in charge of the Dota 2 tournaments. You're not in charge of the CSGO, like, leagues at all. Like, you don't do anything with that. Like, literally, you only do Steam now. Yeah, yeah. So there's no excuse. I I hope they make new games that are bad so people can campaign for their games to be taken off Steam. Oh, that'd be be a nice twist of fate. That'd be a hilarious nightmare. Yeah, I, I don't even know what else to say to this. Like, I wish there was more discussion to be had. I'm curious, like, like, like we said, like, like, um... 
God Galaxy. I forgot the name of it for a second. God Galaxy is probably going to inflate a little because of this. I, I my hope first, so. My first thought was um the Humble Bundle company, yeah. that organization. Yeah. I feel like they're going to do a lot more work now. Like If anything, this, this gives them more to do because they can help do even more than ever before to get more cool indie games out there in the public eye. Oh, yeah, I mean, these different... Yeah, these different stores and things—they're gonna—they're already yeah. rising. They're gonna keep rising just as Steam gets shittier oh, yeah. and shittier. Yeah, like, like arguably... again, the problem is from a developer side that's going to be slow, and there's gonna be serious developers like yeah who are just gonna get pushed out. And apparently, this is why, as well, Steam since 2014 has been greenlighting so fucking many games. Like how 30% of games uh, on Steam came from 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, that's apparently because they've been planning to shut down Greenlight since 2014, and so they want to get everything Greenlit. Like, that's their fucking excuse. Mm. And you shitheads. You. So they've been planning for two years, and they still know how they're recuperating. <laughs> they, that's a good fucking point, Spivey. Fuck. It's been almost three years, technically. You know what the Fuck shitty thing me. is? Like, Steam, as a, like, piece of software... Doesn't even work all the time anymore. Like, no, it yeah. doesn't. It's like, not I have shit. A... Like, what am I supposed to like like about Steam now? Like, I liked that I could get all my games in a library. It supported indie developers. It was easy. All my friends had it. Now it's literally just all my friends have it. That's literally <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where we get review code for. That's yeah. the only oh, yeah. like, reason. <laughs> that's, the, that's the main one. I feel like. right. <laughs> yeah, just those two. Like, Gog has more sales and they're usually better sales because everything on the GOG storefront that goes on stale is a good game. Yep. Yep. So like when I see their weekly No, they don't sell physical games. No, okay. Well, I don't think so. But like I'll go on like GOG. They may have like originally, but they haven't in years. Yeah. But like GOG does GOG does a weekly sale and I'll look at that and I'll be like, oh these are some cool games. Steve does a weekly sale and it's like Trump Dick Simulator 2015. Oh. It's okay, like, I would play a game called Trump Dick Simulator. Yes, there, prob- there probably is one. Hang yeah, on. That's let's probably look. fun. Let's just, let's. Actually, yeah, just search Trump and yep, Steam. Yep, 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 yep. How yep, many yep, games yep. are if you technically look up Trump? It's, technically, it's called Donald Trump Penis Simulator. Man, that's a name for a game, huh? I love mm-hmm. America where this is allowed to fly. I love nothing. I'm out of I'm out of love. <laughs> Soul uh, gone, drained out of me. Steam by has killed Steam. Jay's love. Yep, Steam has killed my love. Only hate now. Only, only hate, hate and Team Fortress yeah. Two hats. I just only I just hate. went on DoD and they actually have like one of the games I am reviewing like is actually for pre order and if you get it you actually get a free game and I'm like oh yeah. wow that's amazing. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Steam, you fucked up. Like, like, not to shill for GOG, but, like, compared to Steam. Yeah. No, like, it's... But, like, here's the thing. It's not, like... And, like, like you were t- you were talking about the technical issues. Like, I have a Steam controller. I love my Steam controller. I know that, like, not everyone does. Uh, I think the Steam controller is possibly the best PC controller ever. It's certainly my favorite. But the problem is, in order to play Steam games with the Steam controller, you have to have big picture mode, and big picture mode it's is ass. broken as fuck. Oh, oh, it's horrible. It's ass. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't even know. I'm, uh, I am I mentioned the Humble Bundle guys. They, they have, like, a monthly subscription package now. Like, they're doing yeah. so much good. Yeah, you could get Total War Warhammer for 12 I, bucks. I saw that. What? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's on there right now. Boy. You can get all these giant, like, 
you can get a whole month, like a whole month's worth of games in one package and get mon- money off for it. Like there's so many better services and there's so many neat little games in this. Like it's everything from like, I'm looking at everything from Abzu to like a bunch of little indie games I've never heard of. It's fantastic that they do that. And then as well as uh, <laughs> since we're talking about humble bundle, I just wanted to mention star Wars galactic battlegrounds, a game I've talked about a lot as being my favorite RTS of all time is in the current humble bundle Ooh. and it's, it's pay what you want tier. Nice. So nice. if you've heard me talk about that and you want it, grab that not yeah. on steam though. It's you should say too. Especially it's don't get a, that. It's part of a yeah. real cool bundle of other stuff too, like Battlefront Two is in there. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic I, is in one of them. I of think stuff. it's weird. This bundle though, just to you know, completely sidetrack. This particular humble bundle though is weird because I would argue that the higher the tiers go, like the worse the games get. Yeah, that is a little curious. Um, what, like, uh, so the hang on, I'm loading it now. This will be funny after all the screaming. Oh, okay, man. so like the, the so like the pay what you want tier has Knights of the Old Republic, which is great. X Wing mm-hmm. and X Wing versus Tie Fighter, great. Galactic great. Battlegrounds, all best right. ever. Mm-hmm. That's pay what you want. The next tier you get Battlefront Two, great. Jedi Outcast, eh. Star Wars Starfighter, eh. Knights of the Old Republic Two, eh. Sure. Yeah. Rebel Assault One and Two, I've I don't even think I've ever heard of. Uh, yeah, I think I yeah. And then at the higher tier, there's one good game, Rogue Squadron 3D. Excuse and then you, you have... the first Force Awakens is a good game. I it's think it's Force game. Unleashed. Is it the first right? Force Awakens fine. is a fun time. It's a, yeah, it's yeah, fun. The first the first two Force Unleashed have good gameplay. Yeah. Not great gameplay, but they have good gameplay. They have terrible story. Like yeah. but that's like these the Force Unleashed games though are the ones I would expect to see in the lowest in the tier lower of like tiers, yeah that's yeah. pretty good I don't mind that put do, yeah don't not even put like, two in any of those tiers I not like I want to pay two. ooh I want to pay $14 for Force Unleashed Force Unleashed 2 Shadows of the Empire which is all right but it's also an N64 game yeah. like an N64 game on PC is only going to be so good. And then Empire at War, the shittier Galactic Battlegrounds in every respect. At, at the same time, you're still you're still paying only like $14, though. 14 for those. And no, you are still paying only $14. It. I just think the structure of the bundle, it, it's funny to me. Oh, if hell you, yeah. If you, add, if you add another 20 bucks, you get a shirt. It's With a nice Jar-Jar shirt. on it. Jesus no. <laughs> if it was no, Jar Jar on a me. pike, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'd wear that shirt every day of my life. I get and, that tattooed and, on me. And I would go that to a money, wearing that shirt. <laughs> and I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and that money, the humble bundle money, goes to charity. Unlike exactly. the fucking Steam Direct fee, which Gabe Newell's just gonna put up his ass. He just, just shoves it under shoves a different tin every day. Just chocolate one hundred dollar bills. Yeah, exactly. shoves up. it under his fucking stomach. God. Just rubs it all over his Oh, it feels so good. Uh, fucking Jabba the Hutt, the man. Oh, I can't spend money unless it's covered in my man juice. Uh, he and Notch should hang out together. And by hang out together, I mean fuck. No, don't give me that image. And by fuck, I mean both fall into the same pit with spikes at the bottom. Yeah, that's after. <laughs> and, by, and by spikes, we mean penises. <laughs> what a twist, Spivey! Whatever gets you on, dude. Whatever turns you. On. Uh, all right, hey, are at we, least are it's we, better than spiders. Are we oh. fucking hey. done with Steam? I think we are. True. Spider head, huge d- titties. Anyway, yeah, we're good. We are we fucking done with Steam Direct? Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Valve. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you. Valve. you. The um, only thing twice. on this podcast I wouldn't fuck is Valve right now. <laughs> hey. True. 
Um, the other big story this week, although I don't know how much there is to say, is E3 is opening its doors to the public for the first time mm-hmm. ever. They're going to sell 15,000 consumer passes. The first thousand will be 150 bucks. The remainder will go for 250 bucks. They go on sale on the 13th. This show goes up on the 15th, so they are almost certainly gone by yeah, the gone. time you're listening to this. <laughs> they're gone. All right. yeah. Sorry, the you thi- missed it. The only thing I have to say about this is a bunch of YouTubers are like, hey, don't don't buy tickets. I've been seeing this a lot. Don't buy tickets. It's not really supporting anything. Yeah, these are the same people who love going to E3 and recording all of this. Yeah. They're ruining like a big chance for them to, A, meet their fans, which I understand they can't always do, and B, they're saying, oh, don't go ahead and buy the tickets. It's just going away anyway. Well, if people don't want E3 to go away, that's why they're selling the tickets. Exactly. I mean, I would like I would agree with like not buying it. Like honestly, you're just you're not going to get to do the stuff the press is going to do. Yeah, Cuz all yeah, the press thing, stuff yeah. it all the that's... press stuff is by appointment. You'll get to play maybe a few games, but mostly you'll be standing in line with 14,999 other people. And if you're going to just stand yeah. in line, Go to packs where A, all of the games are available, and B, you can at least be in cosplay. I was going to say, that's why packs got so big, is basically in reaction to that. Like, I'm, I'm, I actually don't remember if I've told either, any of you guys this. I'm going to PAX East this spring, and nice. you could not you could not pay me to go to E3 over PAX East, because I want to go to PAX because, like, the entire culture of what those conventions are versus what E3 is, is so much towards, like, traditionally towards yeah. everyone coming in and trying everything and having a fun time. Like E3, I, don't I know. mean, I know E3 reminds me. Yeah, go ahead. I know a lot of press outlets that aren't even bothering to go to E3 because, like, yeah. why wait in line? Like, you're not going to break Nintendo. the news. That much. I don't think. Are we going? Uh, no, I are don't think going? so. I mean, I look know. at look at some studios' reactions. Look at Nintendo. They don't even care that much about E3 oh, wait, anymore. Only that? having Zelda last year. The question is: Are are we? Is anyone from Hey Poor Player? Well, going if anyone's E3? going, it's going to be me because I live in California. I was going to say, so. yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Frank, if you buy both of us tickets, I will gladly spend the money to fly out there and go. Hey. But oh, well, yeah, like, going. like if we, oh, yeah, like, I mean, obviously, like, if we get paid for it, sure. But I don't even care if I, I get paid. He just has to buy the ticket because I have no money anymore. But, like, yeah, but, I mean, we're not even really bothering. Like, we'll still have full E3 coverage, and it'll be at most, like, what, an hour behind? Maybe yeah. aren't they, aren't they live streaming it? So like, yeah, yeah. we were in like yeah, an hour or two at most for all yeah. the main games. Yeah, yeah. And so Th- there's nothing like we really d- miss by not being there. Yeah, and like, we miss the experience of standing in line with a bunch of other sweaty game journalists, and now a bunch of sweaty consumers as well. Yeah, well, Thank it's, God. Basically, like, the thing- it's basically like going to Comic Con. There's not yeah. really yeah. a reason. Yeah, to yeah except on. less fun and cool than yeah. going to Comic Con. Okay, well, like the like- thing is, I feel like they're selling tickets because like they just want money. Like that's literally it. We all know that's the reason. But like, here's the thing: it's like because E3 is dying. Like, what's the point of E3 anymore? E3 was, like, the convention. This was before the internet. This was before a bunch of things. Like, E3 yeah. was around because, like, we needed people needed a way to get and advertise their games. We don't need E3 to advertise a game anymore or, like, to announce sure. a game. Like, Nintendo showed that, like, you can just stream your own thing and you can do it on a budget. Exactly. E3 costs a lot of money, yeah. not just for, like, these people yeah. to host E3, but for, like, the companies to, like... We have to get a booth. We have to, like, have the, the space. And, like, we have to advertise these games. Also, sponsors. Like, that's, like, overall, like, it's just a hassle yeah. for everyone to just even, like, have E3 and be at E3. Like, Microsoft yeah, and Sony exactly. can do it because they have a kajillion dollars. And who the fuck, like, what do they care? That's not, like, that much for them. But for Yeah, like, but you're right. Yeah. You're right. Like, in, in, people aren't even going to 
Yeah. It's, you're it's, you're yeah. right that E3 is dying, and you're right that they're selling these tickets just to make money. And, like, it's fine that they're doing that. I don't begrudge E3 doing no. something they know will make them a lot yeah. of money. Like, that's yeah, that's certainly that. their... It's like it's that's smart. certainly their right. No, it is wonder, smart. I also wonder how much they lost by having honestly by having Nintendo just go nope, directs only. Oh yeah. Well, then that means all these yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing though, like, and because, then, but, oh, uh, like just like thing because like yeah, even if Nintendo's out there, like that's a console manufacturer. Now, like, like I don't remember beforehand, but now like Ubisoft and EA and like all these AAA like companies like have their own thing. Like that used, that didn't yeah. happen before. Yeah. Sony because has like their you said, PSX it's so stuff. Yeah, because like you said, it's so expensive for them to actually go to E3 that they're like, why? Yeah. We can, hey, we can just live stream everything now. Like, that's really easy to do now. So, like, why not? Also, it fits Nintendo's, yeah. like, whole, like, MO, you know? I yeah, love it's, the it's... puppets. Wasn't it, was it the puppets there, E3? Yes, that the was The puppets fantastic. were great. Yeah. Even though that was for Star Fox Zero, which that turned out to be a tire game. fire, like, puppets are good. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite yeah. are good. True. The the best one, honestly, was just where they had the robot chicken. Guys. The robot just, chicken one. Yep. Just a, kill the guy the who asked about Mother Three. Yep. 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 That was so the best I don't one. think Nintendo <laughs> can ever top that. That was also the year <laughs> yeah. Splatoon got announced. That was a good E3. That was that out was, 2014, yeah. I think. I don't know. Like, I don't like. Okay, the thing is, like, I, I'm biased as fuck, so I always like Nintendo's E3 stuff. Like, even if the games they announce sure. aren't that great, it's like I or. Like the, no, like, they put on a good show. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone will begrudge that. They put on a yeah. great show. Like, the Switch show, I remember, like, how excited everyone was. Like, that Switch show was phenomenal. And then we started hearing about it, and we were like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, for me. I think the uh, the other thing, too, is that, like, I think Nintendo proved that. It's like, we don't need... Yeah, you really don't need E3. Like, they announced the console on a live stream, and that mm-hmm. got, like, a shit ton of views. Mm-hmm. And it was good marketing, yeah. and it was on Nintendo's terms too. Like you, they had like all the weird shit going on, and like let's switch. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because E3 used because yeah, E3 was like the pre-internet like business expo where it was like, well, we can you know we only want to bother flying out our people and making all our big announcements once a year. Mm-hmm. Now you can just you can just do it whenever, and everyone's gonna see it, and everyone's gonna know about it. So yeah. yep. Well, in that case, uh, I think it's about time for us to wrap up. I think this has been a really good episode. It's, yeah. it's hopefully we will have more where we can have the whole the Avengers, all, all four of us together. Yeah, the Avengers assemble. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have been listening, feel free to you know if you like the show, tweet about it, share it on Facebook. That sort of thing helps us a lot. Uh, check out www.heyporplayer.com. Uh, and until next time, I've been I Coleman. I'm Jay Patrickwin. I'm Anthony. I'm Nathaniel Fuck's Big Titty Spiders, Terencio. <sighs> nice! I have to end it on a note. At, on that note, dude. I have to end it on oh, a note. Oh, and on that note, if you've uh, submitted anything to the Nekopara OVA Kickstarter, we're, I did. Almost... Fight me, Spivy. <laughs> really? We yeah, are going to fight. fight if me. I ever oh. see you in real life, we're going to fight. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are, gonna... we are going to fight. I'm going to fight in a made outfit in chat ears if I ever see you. I'm, I, I will find you, and I'm I will destroy you. Hard. I will find cat ears and shove them down your throat. And I mean live cat ears. I will find a live cat and shove it down your throat. Fucking stop! Holy I, shit! I hate this show. Well, just, I hate this podcast. I can't take I it anymore. I this from the internet when I stop hosting. I hate everything. 
15 minute over. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and have a wonderful Wednesday night! Uh. That was great. <laughs> I didn't really even get good. to finish my thread about the That was a really good closer. Part. Thank you. Good, uh, good, good <laughs> fucking <laughs> ending. <laughs> that, How much did you pay for that? That was one of my favorite... <laughs> no, I'm not curious, That was one of my favorite endings to How an episode we've done. How much did you pay for that? Why? Because I love fucking cat girls, okay? Obviously, 